Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And finally, the regular season is over. We are heading into prime time. It is finals football, Boxhead. It is. Thank God that's over. Yep. Uh, plenty of pointless games on the weekend. A couple with meaning, none more so than the Sunday clash between the Dogs and the Dragons. And I said it last week, if anyone could possibly shit the bed and not make the finals, it was going to be the Dragons. And somehow they lost to the Bulldogs. And uh, probably some sad Bulldogs fans after they, after the Reigns go the last three games, actually looked half decent. Oh, it's easy to play when you've got yeah. nothing on the line. Nothing uh, to play for. Completely understandable. But what we'll do is the same as we always do. Start off with... Our set of six and tackle one. First up, it is uh, Brad Arthur and Craig Bellamy. The comments, obviously Brad Arthur left it lingering out there as usual that Melbourne and their tactics in the ruck and the wrestle, etc. Same as Paul Green has done. Same as everyone seems to do every year before the finals and take a shot at Melbourne. Craig Bellamy, obviously not too happy about that fired straight back. So he should worry about his own backyard. Um, I'm trying to sound biased from a Melbourne point of view, but every time someone tends to do this, you just poke the bear. So on Brad Arthur's part, I don't think it was a really smart idea. No, I don't think uh, so either. I get its positioning, and they try to get the referees on their side, and people seem to want to do this during Origin and finals every single year um, to try and gain the upper hand. But Melbourne, in Melbourne week one, after the way they played last week, uh, and the fact that his side can get quite ill-disciplined and a bit loose, I don't think they needed to poke the bear, which is the Melbourne storm. No, I, I think even if they get the rub of the green with the referees, they're still not good enough to beat Melbourne. So, yeah, there you no. go. So I, I think it was quite comical what he said because oh. Parramatta are just as bad as Melbourne are laying on the ruck and wrestling and just like every team is. It's Melbourne are the easy target because they started it, but the game has evolved to the point where everyone does it. So This is why I don't get every ridiculous. year, though. And yeah. like I said, basically what he's getting at, every year the finals come around, Paul Green's done it, everyone else seems to want to do it and try and position themselves to... Uh, you know, try and make some kind of comment or take a shot about it. But every single team, whether they lie and say they don't, as a jiu-jitsu coach or a wrestling coach, they've all got mats. They all wrestle. The, the Eels have got a bloke that was employed by the Storm, I'm pretty sure, as their wrestling coach. So, oh, like I told you, when I was... when I Brad li- Arthur took with him. So. One of the selling points when I went for my meeting at Canberra is they put artificial turf outside so we could wrestle on it yeah. instead of going on the field when it was minus five degrees, etc. So everybody does it. I, I just don't understand the tactic anymore. Well, until, until a coach or a club comes up with a system that revolutionises the game yeah, and takes be. it to that next step, everyone will just keep copying Melbourne. Yeah. Well, it's basically the way it's been for the last 10 That's years, right. hasn't so it? So we're just looking for someone to revolutionise the game. There's there's always one, probably once a decade it happens, and bring on the next coach that can do it. Well, I'm going to change my order here. I'll skip my tackle two because it's going to take a little more time and jump the one related to Melbourne again. Tackle two, just a quick one. We've given him so many... Uh, raps this year and well-deserved ones. Cameron Smith, he obviously played his 50th game for the Kangaroos. He played his 350th first-grade game. And the other night, he equaled Darren Lockyer's all-time games record this week, game 356. 
milestone game, home game at Melbourne, finals week one. That's good luck. Just yeah, good luck. Um, they should be they should be a dollar one Melbourne. No. I, if they get beat, I will. I would be as shocked as any result ever in rugby league. And I've said it before, and I don't need to go into a whole lot of depth, which is why I brought it up. I'm out of superlatives to describe the bloke. So yeah, just you know, ageless. Massive congratulations to Cameron Smith, and I think probably one of the best things I've heard after everything you could have written about him was what Cooper Cronk said today, and he said he's done all the press conference for his 200th, 150th, 50th Test match, record origins, everything. He said probably the smartest thing, the difference between his game one, 50, 100, 150, up until now is just absolutely minute. He's been so consistent for his whole career. Think of put it this way, he's going to have played the most games ever, and he's going to win the Dally M. Well, I'm so just... he's going to have played the most games. He's going to have the most miles in the engine of anyone, and he's going to win the Daly M. If he doesn't win the Daly M this year, something's he, wrong. He's won the Daly M. Bookies are generally never wrong when someone's under a dollar ten or even inside yeah, the two dollar yeah. mark. Oh, he's, won, yeah. he's won the Daly M for sure. Well, hopefully they don't boycott it because I've got some money I want to win on that, and I don't know what happens if they do. No, they refund it. you bet. Oh, I don't want my refund. I want the win. Yeah. Come on, players, hang out there for me. Uh, tackle three, and this one I push back there. Obviously, just linking the Melbourne two together because it's going to take a bit more wind, but. Matt Moylan and the Panthers situation. Um, there's been different reports as to what it is. They, they've come out yesterday and said it was personal issues. We are hearing before that there was problems between him and the coach and the fact that he doesn't do his rehab too well and they don't see eye to eye. And mm. There's lots of different stories and other ways around it, but I'm just going to go back purely to a football point of view and say, I told you so, to most people that listen to us and disagree the last couple of years, the Darren Lockyer comparisons have shitted me the whole time. And I don't, like I said, it's nothing personal. It's just purely a football thing. And anyone that thinks that they don't want to get rid of him right now because of the position they're in are kidding themselves. The penny has finally dropped that they've signed a guy for five seasons who's not even the best player in their club in either position they tried to play him at. As a one, he was the best player they had in that position until he supposedly, and again, if that's true or not, complained and said he wanted to play 5-8, opened the door for Edwards. Edwards has come in and done all the things that I disliked about Matt Moylan. He did the dirt work. He starts the sets off very well. I think positionally he's better. Um, and the ball playing is something he can learn. And then all the people out there saying that Matt Moylan was a 5'8", I just never understood it the whole time because I've said this a, a million times before. Played the bloke at junior levels, struggled as a 5'8", couldn't get a start in the 20s when they had a really bad year. They had four or five guys play before him at 5'8". It took that many injuries at fullback for the coach at the time. I think Alex Melville just to chuck him in for the last four or five games at fullback because they needed one to turn him around and everyone go, oh my God, you know he's quite good at fullback. Next year he plays residence. He's turned into an NRL career and played some rep football. Outstanding. Good job by you. Yeah. But he's not a six. He's not a 5'8". No. He's not a 5'8". No. He's best not spot. a long-term 5'8". Yeah. He's similar argument. I'd make the same argument as Bryce Cartwright. You can slot him in there and he'll do a job for you. But week to week, he's not you know, a year to year, he's not a 5'8". He's not going to stand up to the, the long-term viability in that position. No. Well, again, and the key product for that, and I've said it over the last few weeks and they've watched him, him and Cleary don't work together. Cleary's the dominant seven. He controls things. He likes to run the show. Moylan stifles the attack. He overplays his hand. He's an ex-touch player. He doesn't play out in the front line. And the number one thing I highlighted, which he always struggled with, defense. When he's in the front line, he's missed eight or nine tackles per game. To Pine Bullet in the other week, and Canberra should have gone there more. But everyone still seems to be holding on to the one game against Canberra where he played excellent for five minutes at the back end of the game. Outstanding. Can't take it away from him. But he's no longer the best player in either position at the club. I never thought he was a rep player. I thought he was a good football player. But the situation right now, all I'm saying is I told you so. Not from the personal issues. Don't know if that's true. Don't know about anything else. But purely on a football perspective, for anyone that's argued the whole time, 
Uh, I never thought he was a six. Fullback was his spot, but if it was well, true... I always said that they were mad to not have Timo in there earlier. Because well, he, to me, he was a six, and now he's in there, he looks like the six. Well, like, the six that suits the dominant seven, who's the future of your club going forward. And, yeah. Um, there was two players that I mentioned, he was one of them, that him and Cartwright right now, how they ever frame those two to be the future of the club moving Cartwright forward. Cartwright isn't a first grader the way he's playing at the moment. No. But he's, not, he's not a first grader. He, he's a bench player, yeah, but he... He doesn't look like a first grader when he's on the field. And again, week to week, he's, he's not a five eight. And then another bloke comes in after his injuries and off field issues in Harawira and I for less than half the money. Yeah, and doing does a better job, just as good a job. So yeah. um, I think they're at a bit of a crossroads. Well, here. and the other thing is, they've Penrith have painted this really well, but we know for a fact, and we've heard the multitude of things that Matt Moylan's done off the field that have been covered up by the club. Not going to air them on here because that's not the right way to do it, and we're not. That's not what we're about. But there's a lot more to this than just a footballing decision. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah. I just I'm more going back to all the all the arguments this whole time. The Darren Lockie comparison. Yeah, we're, just... we're, we talk about footy on this show, and from a footballing perspective, it's the right move. If yeah. he's if he's going to play, we talked about May yeah. Edwards and Cleary. Then I have no issue with it. I never knocked him as a fullback, but the five eight talk was ridiculous, and the rep level. No, I think stuff he's a fullback. Was ridiculous. He's definitely a fullback. If and in, he can play grade. in the NRL, yeah, fullback definitely. But I think my main point going back to this, if he was complaining that he wanted to play six and he allowed Edwards in, this is just doubly shot him in the foot yeah. in the back end of this all. But uh, even as a one, one was his best spot, but at the club, there's guys there now for less than his whole contract value. Yeah, It just makes complete business sense. And they've obviously had to sit back now and Penrith are going to have to put their hand up eventually and go, that was our fuck up. We gave him a five-year deal yeah. in the face of our franchise, whether he has developed earlier than they thought in Nathan Cleary, needs to be the run running the football side. Yeah. So uh, this situation here, there's been talk of a possible player swap between Cronulla and they bring Maloney over. But again, that doesn't solve your problem. No, it doesn't. That puts money on your books with an older player who is good, but for what, a year or two? And it might cost you Tyro May. Mm. I think it's as simple as... I don't get it. They're already on the brink of their salary Let, let Maloney go to Newcastle, move Moylan on and just free up the cap space and spend it on those younger kids. Well, you're going to have to upgrade Tyra May and you're going to have to upgrade Edwards, which they already have. But we know early in the year they made the moves, like we said to a lot of people on here, for Hickel and a couple of those fringe players to free up the money because they couldn't register deals for Edwards or Harrower and Ira. Mm. But May's going to need an upgrade now. They signed Wade Egan, the nine from their juniors there, and I still don't know how they haven't locked up Mitch Rain. I don't know how they've come to that decision. I know he asked for a certain amount of money they're probably not happy with, but looking at Peter Wallace again on the weekend, 33, 34 years old, a couple of knee reconstructions and the shape he's in. He was busted up again on the weekend badly. Egan, I don't mind, but I'm not looking at him right now saying he's dead set first grade material. Katoa does a job for you, but I still think he's got some brain snaps in him. And the obvious one there, the four or five games he played, was Mitch Rohn. He's a solid first grader. He suited the pack. He got them going forward, but all of a sudden he just got iced out completely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a money issue or not, but honestly, I think you could do a lot worse than Mitch Rohn, given the stock they have there right now. Absolutely. Agree. Uh, yeah, there's still a few things for the Panthers to work out. Look, I think they're more than on the right track. Yeah. Uh, but they've just, they're, they're being crippled by their own strength, which is their juniors. And they're, they're having juniors that they paid good money to hold on to like him oil and then they're having people underneath them supersede them which is really hard because Penrith have got to try really hard to keep all these juniors well the other thing their strength is also their weakness in that if they don't get picked the right ones yeah they're going to get handcuffed like this situation to a moylan who you know you've got other kids pushing through that are just as good or if not better potentially so well they've come to and and look there's no right or wrong like there's going to be people out there that say you know moylan's a 5'8 and you're you're entitled to your opinion that's that's fine but Look, the proof's in the pudding. 
in terms of this this season. Uh, and last year he was at well he was at fullback last year when they went on that run. So look, we're both comfortable with where we sit on it. But um, yeah, that, I don't think the future's dour for the Panthers. I just think they've got to they've really got to nut this situation out because I don't think. No one would argue that Matt Moylan isn't giving them what they need for the amount of money that they're paying him. And he's not giving them the leadership that they need either. So they're the two things that you get paid big money for. Leadership, which is an intangible. It doesn't really have a, you know, a face as such, on the, or not on the field. You get it on the field, but yeah. it's not sort of something that you can quantify. It's, it's just an effect that he has over the team that I don't think he has. I don't can I think make he one has quick that, point on that? Go. People are defending him. Ah, oh, he's too young. He's 26 years yeah, old. he's not too young. Sione Mataudia is at Newcastle, the worst team in the comp, and he sets an outstanding how example. Old, how old is Boy Cordner? He's younger than him. Boy Cordner is two or three years younger than me. I think he's 24, 25. He's, so. he's captain his state. Same age, so. but let's go back further than that. Sione Mataudia is in the worst situation in the NRL. He's about 21, 22 years old. And he's captain. Don't tell me that yeah. Matt Moylan isn't old enough to be captain. Go, and oh. also, you look at what oh. Moylan's got around him in terms of 100%. Gus Gould, who's, well... One of the best coaches. To look at the time. team and the environment in general compared and to what he's doing. Gus is a great leader. A great. Um, he set that club up when it was, you know, in a shit fight. We know that. So he's got the support around him. Uh, I don't think he's justifying the pay because I don't think he's leading that club like they need to be led. Is my point. Mm. Yeah. And then the other side of it is, is that his performances on the field aren't living up to that price tag either. So therefore, you've got to make a move on it. And then if his behaviour and his rehab and all those other things that we're hearing about aren't good either then they all come into that consideration and you, you've got to action it. You can't just sit on it, particularly when it's a five-year deal. Well, I mentioned it before. To me, your main thing when you build up all the junior depth and a good squad is your marquee players. And I think they've made mm. mistakes with all four of the guys they've heavily invested in the most. James Tarmow, <clears throat> outstanding footballer, did a great job, won that comp, but I said it at the time, forget the on-field stuff this year. He almost had a career-ending neck injury, yeah. and he was 29 years I old. I like him, not for the price. No, but he won the comp. He has just ticked about every box he could have had. Where's the motivation to sign someone who's about to tick over 30 years old, whose career almost ended, and you've paid him 750000 yeah. right. Next. Trent Merrin, I could understand somewhat, but even again, yeah. at the time... That's the one out of all four I can cop. Pushing cop 750 800 I'll give him a little bit of leeway, because yeah. in the two seasons, I think the back end of last had year was injuries. outstanding. This year, there's been like off-field, but not behaviour-wise, obviously personal life, and he's had some injuries. So yeah. I'll give him a little bit of leeway, but so far, that hasn't And I think out. he's playing okay. The yeah. last few weeks, he's you know he's getting more minutes under his belt. But the two blights, the two big ones that stand out, and we said it before, as more good as Cartwright, Cartwright showed his potential, on an edge, he doesn't defend well enough, and he gives away way too many arrows, and the one flashy moment doesn't make up for the tries he lets in. And Moylan, why I thought he was solid at fullback, and I've never knocked him. He's a first grader. 100%. Right. It's the yeah. rep football and the comparisons to Darren Lockyer. Darren Lockyer, and I'll keep saying it, came in at 18, origin, Australian. He won three or four premierships. He was the golden boot winner for the best player in two separate positions. You cannot compare Matt Moylan to Darren Lockyer. Yeah, agreed. He's a good first grader, 100%, and his best spot is fullback. But at the Penrith Club right now, there's a pivotal moment coming up where they're going to have to make a decision on him and Cartwright, in my opinion, because they're so loaded in those two positions that the money they're taking out third parties is probably maybe $1.1, $1.2 million. They're both on about seven fifty, but apparently local sponsors, because they are local boys, may make up about $150, 200 of both of those deals. Yeah. You can't have that sitting on your books if that doesn't fit in your side. And they're all over the banner. We live in Penrith. They're on banners. They're on flags. They're the ones that have been pushed as the two local juniors to take us forward. Mm. I think it's easy now if they sat in a board meeting, they could sit there and say, look, it's obviously Cleary. 
that is now the face of the Panthers and the local junior that needs to be taken as forward. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a no-brainer with May and Edwards and either. This is where this movement's coming from because Cleary hasn't re-signed. And well, he doesn't look like he's going to re-sign in the short term. So. I've told you my uh, little theory, got a theory on this whole situation that they're basically trying to do highway robbery again. They want him to sign a five-year deal, $600,000, which is basically saying That's we... Half. It's half of what he could get elsewhere. We give extra years at a lower rate, but lock you in. He's a 19-year-old. We're talking about Mitchell Moses getting $850,000, Moses and Bai getting seven hundred fifty, and we're talking about a seven who almost kicks at 90% and was only going to get better and is probably definitely going to be our next Blues halfback. Mm-hmm. If he goes on the open market right now, he's getting a million bucks. Yeah. I don't care what anyone tells me. Well, but if someone's going to pay Ben Hunt 1.2, exactly. I'd be paying Nathan Cleary 1.2. And I'll put it to you this way, and I said it before, for all the talk, oh, he's got to be loyal, he's a Penrith junior, hold on a minute, how loyal were Penrith to his dad? And where does he live with his dad? And yeah. does he have a manager? I don't think he does have a manager. I think his dad's got a bit to do with that, obviously, because he's got enough knowledge around football yeah. to suit this situation. But my theory, if I'm Nathan, I'm not saying his dad's pushing his buttons, I'm signing a one-year extension, <coughs> uh, whether that's eight or 900000 and my contract will run in line with Luke Brooks. Yeah. And if Luke Brooks doesn't work out at the Tigers and Penrith try to play the loyalty card, Go on. if the situation's not looking good and they still haven't sorted out these few little changes that need to shift in the football and the field's not good enough, I'm not surprised if Nathan Cleary ends up at the Tigers with Ivan. Yeah. Uh, that's difficult one for theory. me to comment on because I'll, I was employed by the Panthers and now I'm employed by the Tigers. So. Well, I always have my own opinions on yeah. this. Today. Difficult one for me to comment on, but I see, yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, you hear different things when you're employed by one and you hear different things when you're employed by the other. But I'm just taking this from um, how I feel in this situation. If I'm Nathan and what his dad's already done at that club and the way they're going. Look, I... Looking, looking at it from a coaching perspective, I'd, um, I'd much rather be coached by Ivan than Anthony Griffin. Well, I'll say that. How many times have I said all year about Anthony Griffin? And, and that's not... When I was employed by the Panthers, I, I made it very clear that I was a big fan of Ivan even after he'd moved on. So I thought that was an error. That's, I think that's the only... The one error that Phil Gould has made in his tenure at Penrith is sacking Ivan, in my opinion. Well, I'm not linked with any clubs, and my opinion's my own, and I don't think Anthony Griffin's a good football coach. I've mm. said that all year. There's some simple stuff again from the weekend, and we'll get into that and review their game. But back to the crux of it all, just touching on the Moylan thing and what we've said the last few years. But at the, this point in time now, everyone's saying, what should they do? Honestly, I, I'd, I'd be moving him on. I don't think there's any brains or bones about it. Yeah. Um, move him on. Keep May, you've got Edwards there, you've got Cleary. They've all played through the juniors together. The one thing they need to sort out, though, is the nine position. Wade Egan is a good footballer. I don't think he's a knockout first grader just yet, or nor will he be in the next 12 months. Mm. But Mitchell Rain's sitting right there. I don't understand why they haven't tried to keep Mitchell Rain. Um, Neither, my friend. Again, see what happens. But tackle four, Graham pretty much, James Graham this is, all but confirmed to be leaving the Bulldogs, obviously, his deal worth will a uh, million, one point one million. They need to get him off the books. The talk is, and this was my big issue, the sticking point for him to go to the Dragons was he got an extra two seasons on top. So uh, people are arguing he's going to be good for the Dragons and he's going to help out those few young blokes like Laurie, Sele, Host, etc. I can somewhat see your point, but I just don't think he fits in their pack. Mm. You've got Vaughan, you've got Armour. I know Pack has moved on, but you look at the back row for Zell. Thompson, Sims, who's done a job for him. Like, there's, there's so many guys there, and the only one I think who should be distributing football is DeBellin. And that's my issue with Graham. Graham relies a lot now after getting a bit older and his injuries, a bit of lack of leg speed and impact is the ball playing and the tip play. The Dragons don't generally play that way through anyone but DeBellin, and he's able to create the doubt around defenders with his ball playing because he is mobile. He does have footwork, and he is so powerful. Mm. And my other issue with that extra season is what we've said about 
I hope he does revive and have an outstanding season, but I think his training needs to reduce. I don't know if he can go for a whole season. He's been playing since he's 17 years old in England, has plenty of miles in the body. And the last two seasons, he's had knee surgery and neck surgery. So um, for Dragons fans, I hope it works out because I think he's an outstanding person, an outstanding footballer, but I think three years is too long. And if it's at about five or $600,000... This is one that we totally agree on. Totally agree, and I, I I don't have anything to add. Totally agree. I just yeah, yeah I totally agree. I, I really hope. Look, it works I think out. it's a, I think it's a nice buy. Yeah, for two years max. I think two years max, and I would have been happy at the half a million, but three just seems to be really pushing the barrow a bit too far. Mm. Um, and I I just kind of think the way he likes to play in the middle stifles the way that they play. They're a very powerful mobile side, and the only guy that really distributes the football is Develon because he has all those weapons I've just mentioned. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they play. Like, you're going to add in Ben Hunt and then you're going to add in James Graham. It's going to, it will be interesting. Yeah. I think the Ben Hunt thing, I think they've realised now they jumped into the market way too early, way too heavy panicking. Um, but let's yeah. hope they get their money's worth out of him. Yeah. Because now they'd be looking back going, Jesus, we probably overpaid, definitely. I think they will. I think he's a good player. Well, I just I, don't think he's worth that much. No, and I think they jumped in way too early. But then again, out, what's, so. a, what's a player worth... If he's going to produce wins, it doesn't matter how he produces them, how it looks. Well, for he's one, got to produce for one point two million dollars, you need to be near Dally M, as far as I'm concerned. That's that's you got to be you got to be elite, yeah. So, well, he's, he played Queensland Origin, so yeah. In mentioning Graham, I'll stick with this while we're on tackle four. Michael Leisha. Um I know three games isn't a whole lot to go off, but again, I'm going to say I told you so to everyone out there. The tongue shit on Michael Leisha. Yeah, I'm uh, one of them. Very very good uh, work by on Twitter. I think it was JDHD. He's a a Dragons fan, I think, who put up that Des Hasler should now be called Jack the Ripper because he he, <laughs> he murders he, he just murders hookers, and I think Michael Innes taking his shots and his bits and pieces might have a little bit something to do with the way he played at the Sharks afterwards, and uh, commenting a lot recently on how the Bulldogs like to attack and run their shit. But uh, I'm happy to argue with anyone again. The 19 year old that scored almost 20 tries in the under 20s moved straight into Cup. Year young, they won the comp. That combined Storm Shark side, he got double figures again. Don't buy someone that doesn't fit your style. Yeah. Plain and simple. This whole time, it hasn't been leashes a shit for footballer and all the crap that people have been saying. He's been in a bad system with the wrong coach. If he goes to the right coach, I swear to God, uh, I don't want to go too far, but as touted early before, that he'd be somewhat of a bolter maybe for a Blues kind of setup or a rep footballer. We don't have a lot of nines, and I know Pete's does a good job. He's probably the opposite of Pete's, but the one thing he has got out of this experience, and I'll give him a rap for saying it, he didn't think he could play 80 minutes. After he's been at the Bulldogs, he's played 80 minutes, made 50 tackles a game. And the last few weeks, he's been freed up. We've seen him have a hand in just about, you know, almost every try on the weekend. And he scored the one that eventually sunk the Dragons. So um, I hope he ends up at a decent club. Tackle five, coaches merry-go-round. There is two coaches supposedly going to be uh, moved on. Apparently, there's been a lot of talk that Mike Maguire will no longer be at South and that Des Hasler, as we know, plenty of people are saying that he's gone. Do you think that will be the case? Yes. All right, well, the yep. talk is that Maguire will be not really a hard person to replace. They've got Seabold there, time at Melbourne, time at Manly, Queensland assistant right now. Would you be happy with Anthony Seabold taking over at South Sydney? Yeah, All absolutely. Right. I, I, Well, I did my high-performance level three NRL course with Anthony Seabold, and he was a standout candidate in that class. Well, David Fern is there also. He's been mentioned, but probably not as much as Seabold. Seabold apparently... That was 2011. It's now 2017. He would have learned a shitload since then. He, to me, he was the one guy I walked away from. Obviously, if I I don't turn into a first-grade coach, he was the one guy there that I thought he's a lock to turn into into a first-grade coach. So I'd love to see him get a crack. Um, And he's done his apprenticeship. Good on him. I'm with you. And I think in the sense, if people mention him for the Titans job, if he's smart for his first job, I prefer to take Seahs. So... 
Uh, I don't think Ferner will get that job. But on mentioning your mob, the Titans, Kevin Walters definitely has pulled out of the race for that. The Walkers keep getting mentioned. In people. I'd love to see the Walkers get it. I was going to say with you, to be honest, the situation they're in, I think they should just put their nuts on the table, the Titans. And because say, you know you know why? I don't think I don't think a club, say the Bulldogs, they're not going to employ the Walkers, Walker no. Brothers, right? But the Titans are just in such a weird situation. You don't have an identity. So why not give them the reins that I think there's the player, the type of player there. You've got a Roberts, a Taylor, a Hayne, a Peets, all these sort of guys that like to play a little bit off the cuff. Well, you've also I think got that style will suit them. Two really good 20s kids who made the team of the year. You've obviously seen Philip Sammy play the last few weeks. He's yeah. only 19. And AJ Brimson, the half turned fullback, I, you know, is also it, named it there as well. If it turns pear shaped, can things get any worse than what they are? Not really. And who's who's your uh, who are your other candidates? So we said Kevin Walters well, pulled out. They're yeah. talking about Ferner as well and Seabold. I don't think Ferner. If you could get Seabold, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. For me, it's it's either Bellamy, Maguire, because I want Bellamy. Bellamy is like right at the top end. Maguire, Maguire or Seabold would be the other two I could cop. Yeah, well, Maguire, outside of that, forget it. Outside of that, I'm going left field and I'd, I'd go the Walkers. Well, the rumours are that Maguire, if he is pushed out, has already got a deal nutted out to go back to the Super League to coach Warrington, I yeah, think but it was. Would you, wanna, would you rather go to the Gold Coast or go to Warrington? Right now, I wouldn't want to go to the Gold Coast if I'm Maguire because okay. I think for a next job, that's too big of a job right now. I'd do a year or two in England and do what Ivan and some other blokes have done up. and wait for a better opportunity. It's not like he hasn't got the credentials. He won an NRL Premiership and he spent the time that. building South. That's why South I'd be point. surprised if he then went back to the Super League. He's I won just, a Super League comp as well. I just think they're sick of that voice there at South right now and he's a pretty yeah. full-on guy. But he's, well, Jack Gibson had a rule, three years. That was it. He's six or seven seasons. It's come to that point where there needs to be a change of voice, I think, yeah. the way he coaches. And fair enough. Some some coaches have got shorter shelf lives than others. So I'm with you, though. I think they should go for the Walkers. But the last one here, and we'll punch through this, New Zealand uh, Warriors... Obviously, they're not a great season. Kieran Foran and a lot of other guys moving on. The talk is that today or in the next few weeks, Adam Blair will be signing a deal there, as will Gerard Beale. <coughs> oh, Jesus. I apologise for that. Still feeling uh, a well, bit crook in the throat. But honestly, keeping on bringing back all the New Zealand internationals, all these players there, Tohu Harris going there next year. Well, I almost felt like crying the other night watching Tohu play so well now that he's healthy and then remembering and reminding myself that he's going to be playing for the Warriors next year. Mm. Um, Gerard Bill, Adam Blair, you know, full credit to you. You can go play there. That's fine. But I just don't see it getting any better. And I think we've both agreed after the season they've had that this year, keep bringing back the old boys and get more and more people in there and the way that things have been going. I, I can't see things getting much better. Nope. So, um, you know, if those two boys are going there, have fun with it. I will never, ever, 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 ever put them in my top eight until they prove me wrong and make it and yeah, give me well, something. Sem- assembling consistency and a s- stability at that club. Uh, no idea what to Let's think. move on from that one, Jesus. Well, there you go. That's our set of six jumping in now to the power rankings. People asked to do a full 16. We will do so. There won't be a great amount of uh, detail as to the bottom half of it. But after 26 rounds, number one in the power rankings for me, Melbourne Storm. Storm. Number two, still the Sydney Roosters. Roosters. I've got the Broncos at three. Broncos. Yep. Uh, four, I've left the Sharks. I've got the Eels. All right. Well, I've gone the Eels in fifth. I've got the Sharks. Yep. All right. Well, Manly, for me, jumped up a yep, couple of spots. Manly. They're six. Uh, Cowboys, I held seven. I've got Panthers at seven. Right. I just think if Penrith played the Cowboys this week, Penrith would win. Well, I still think the Cowboys put in a lot more effort than Penrith, and I think I was proved on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, I, so. I don't disagree with that, but I think if they played this weekend, Penrith would win. I'd seriously bet on the Cowboys. But, Would you? Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, number eight, I've got the Panthers. I've got the Cowboys. That's purely because they made the finals. But the bottom half, uh, at nine, I was a bit sceptical because honestly, I don't know. Well, they lost to one of these teams on the weekend. So 
You know what? Yeah. Who'd you go, mate? No, you got to stick with. You can't change, brother. Well, I won't change it, but I'll, I should have. I got the Dragons basically because they just missed out. But realistically, I should have the Raiders or the Dolphins. I sure don't. I've got the Raiders because I think they're the best team to miss the finals. Yeah, well, I'd agree with you there. I've got them at 10, but I probably should have had them at 9. I've got the Dogs at 10. Yep. Because they beat the Dragons on the weekend. Well, again, that's what I was just about to put them ahead yep. of them. I've got the Dogs at 11. Uh, decent finish of the season, but I think for Des, it's too little, too late. He should have let this style come earlier. Hopawade, Leisha, these natural footballers, they all look so much better. And the forward's just allowed to go forward and not have to fit to this structure and yep. ball play. I've got the Dragons at 11. Uh, 12, I have Souths, but this was a hard one between them, Tigers and Newcastle. I've got the Tigers. I think the Tigers were outside of the Bulldogs. Well, I think probably equally, I would have loved to have seen the Tigers play the Dogs on the weekend, just from a form line perspective. I think they were the they were the two sides, obviously along with the Raiders. They had that Raiders beat Penrith. It's a totally new ball game. That that game against Melbourne on the weekend yeah. takes a whole new face. Uh, and we knew that. We knew that they needed to go on a run. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Tigers, outside of the Raiders, they were the most improved side um, in that back end of the competition. And I think there's good things ahead um, for next year. And uh, you know, I, I don't know whether they can make the eight next year, but I think I, they can, I think I think they'll they'll be they can finish yeah, right near it. They'll be one of those teams fighting. I've got the Tigers at 13, but uh, similar kind of thoughts. I think they were really good at the back end of the year, obviously. Dropped a few results, but their difference in attitude, style in play, and defensive uh, play when Ivan Cleary came in. Chuck in a pair of decent bookends, Chris McQueen, a half partner for Brooks, and Chris a few McQueen. other changes. I think they're going to be fighting for the bottom side of the eight. Yeah, I've got the South, uh, well, South at... 13. Yep, Newcastle at 14, strong finish Same. to the year, ran out of troops, but uh, bigger things on the horizon. A lot of people saying top eight next year, I think that's a, maybe a rich. That's a stretch, because who are they overtaking, is a question. Well, I Teams are going to have to fall under them for them to go past them, yeah. and I look at the teams ahead of them and go, nah, not yet, but yeah. close, not but not yet. yet. But there'll be improvement. Uh, yeah. Warriors at 15. Warriors at 15, they Titans. stink, and the Titans, well, they were good on the weekend, but it's easy to play again when there's yeah. nothing on the line, and you've got no players. I was impressed with the effort, but... Yeah, well, they, they were game. by far and away, them and the Warriors were the, by far and away the two, two worst, worst teams, teams at the end of the year. Yep. They should sh- uh, carve the wooden spoon in half and give it to those two and um, it shouldn't go to Newcastle, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Newcastle, as we know, they led uh, eight or nine games at halftime that they ended up losing and they lost a few really close to the death they didn't deserve to against yeah. sides like the Bulldogs and... Um, yeah, unfortunate year, but I think there's a lot more positives for Newcastle rather than the spoon to come out of it. But we'll jump in now after those power rankings into our game reviews, punch through these, because let's be honest, some of these just have absolutely zero meaning. <coughs> Broncos, Cowboys. The Broncos obviously locked up their top four spot with a 20 to 10 win. Uh, their goal line D was good and they were resilient most of that night, but I still didn't take a whole lot out of it, to be honest. Cause well, I, I thought they were unconvincing. I 100% agree. I still think they're middle. It's going to struggle to challenge a side like a, a Melbourne or a Roosters on a day with decent form. The Cowboys, I just couldn't understand why they wouldn't go left. I saw somebody put up, well, how could they when Winnerstein was injured? Forget the fact that Winnerstein had an injury on the wing. It was more the fact that when Benji Marshall came on, when Darius Boyd uh, went off the field and had that reshuffle, he was just rushing up and absolutely panicking. They had opportunities yeah. to go over there, play short with a back rower, or put some kind of shape on, but they just continued to, to go, go right, to the right. Because that's where Morgan is. It was, yeah. To me, it was frustrating to watch. It was frustrating because they just refused to change the point of attack and they got turned away time and time again. So um, it was quite comical. And then finally, they got the job done in the 80th minute of all times with a bit of a pass that went out the back and scored. But uh, Brisbane, the one thing I will give, 9-2 penalty count. They did absorb 
they did show some uh, resilience there on their line. But again, I didn't think the Cowboys threw up a whole lot. I thought Maguire, Gillette were pretty solid, losing Pungai Junior and Boyd obviously hurts. But uh, yeah, 9-2 penalty count, plenty of defense. As far as the Cowboys side of things, you could say the same two names every week, and I will again. Tumbalolo, absolute beast. And Morgan was good again, but I would have liked him to take a bit more control of things and change the attack to the other side. He set up two of the tries. He was good, but um, yeah. They, they put in a great effort. You can't question that again any week. I honestly no. think if the Broncos were more serious, they should have beaten him 13+. plus. Not absolutely belted him, but maybe 30-6 to six or a 30-10 to 10 kind of result. But um, yeah, after having success early on... The Cowboys left through Milford and Nicarima. I, I just, yeah, I wasn't solely convinced by the Brisbane Broncos. Agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on from this one, Eels 22-16 against South Sydney. Uh, honestly, I think the Roosters game, the one after this, pretty similar situation. Eels were quite flat with lower opposition. They knew it was ahead this week. They did have to win to make top four, so I expect them to be a little bit better. But I was a bit bothered by the fact that they're one week away from playing Melbourne in Melbourne, and they had 10 errors, 9 penalties, and 40 misses. Uh, if you're missing 40 tackles the week before finals, that's not a great sign. It's not, no. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't completely convinced here. Much like the Titans, South, very gallant in their effort. Probably the big thing for me to take out the back end of this year is watching a player like Cameron Murray. Absolutely outstanding. Fumano, Tyrell, he's been good in his games. Campbell Graham. Uh, I honestly think next year, with a few small changes in the two Burgess twins stepping up, there's a good side here. If you're looking at Murray, Fumano, Campbell Graham, you've got Walker... Uh, and Reynolds, whether you play them as your halves, you've got Inglis and Gagai potentially as your centres. Damian Cook was playing at nine. You've got Crichton and Sam Burgess. There's it's a, a top eight side. That is a good side. Without uh, injuries, it's a top eight side. The big question here is fullback, I think, now. Johnston's got me more convinced that he's the one. He does, yeah, fullback. he's developed well this year. So if he's there with Walker, Reynolds, Cook at nine, and then you've got Gagai and GI on the two edges. You need to keep Crichton. them all fit. The problem is, like Inglis is out for the year. Reynolds was out for a lot of games. Oh, Johnston didn't the end of the year. Burgess had his injuries. The Burgess twins didn't play up to their money. They couldn't work out Farah. And Cook, they kept cocking around with that. There's a lot of reasons why they, they sort of hamstrung themselves. Well, I've come to the conclusion right now, the big thing for this off-season is the two twins. They're the pivot for next year to be successful. Are, yeah. Those two and Zane Musgrave get fit and lead this forward pack. I'm moving Sam to an edge, and I'm having Crichton on the other edge, and I'm putting Cameron Murray at lock. Yeah. But if those two twins and Zane Musgrave can take control of the middle of this field, South City Sam's next year... Sam's in there covering up for the ineptitude of his two He brothers. should be taking everyone's coin. But if the two twins and Zane Musgrave can tighten up in the middle, you've got Crichton and Sam on two edges with Gagai and Inglis. That's a scary, scary proposition with Walker, Reynolds, Johnson at the back. Yeah. Um, not much probably depth going to be on that side, but if you get everything right, the main thing is those middle three, Musgrove and the two twins. They hold their own. You could shake this side in a way that could be a serious threat for the top eight. Agree. Uh, on the uh, eel side of things, obviously have to find a lot more improvement this week. And one thing that leaked in, which gives me a bit of worry for them against Melbourne, Moses missed eight or nine tackles. If he is not solid on that edge, Munster, who is just as much a threat as he is to run with the most line break assist in the comp because you've got to worry about him, him and Harris are going to play at him all day. Yeah. So he's going to need a bit of help, but he's going to have to stick on a lot better first contact this week because he's going to get an absolute bath otherwise. All right. Uh, Roosters Titans 2016. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this bar saying that I was more frustrated from your point of view that the Titans dished that up. I know there's a lot of debutants and a yeah. lot of enthusiasm. It's the yeah. last game of the season, but honestly, the, the shit they've served up the last few weeks and to come out and have a crack on last day before Mad Monday and getting on the beers, I 
I was more angry about that. It was easy. Um, easy for him to do, yeah. Roosters, yeah, you can say again, similar to the Broncos and maybe Eels. It wasn't the, the performance that you were kind of expecting, but the big thing for me, and I've said it all year, and it doesn't need much more summary, 15 errors, nine penalties, and a completion rate of 68%. If they can get their discipline right and hold on to the football, they could beat anyone on their day. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, they just refuse to do so. The most important thing is they found two tries at the desk when they needed them. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot more you can say. Other than the fact that, much like the week before, every time they seem to make a line breaker over half opportunity, they can't die on a play and reset. They always try to go for the knockout punch on that play. Push passes, yeah. So that's a big reason they lead to uh, the downturn in these errors and penalties. But Napa, Guerra arrested. They're going to come back. Tedovano faces three weeks if found guilty. So he could possibly miss the rest of the season if they win the preliminary final. Mm. Um, if he wants to fight it, obviously don't know the result there, but it could be five weeks if he loses. So I think they're going to take the early guilty plea. If you get, well, I thought that should have been a send-off. Well, if we're going back to what happened with Soliola, I'm 100% correct with you on that one. I, I agree. But I think at least he tried to make an actual tackle. I think he was just that little bit I'm off. Not, I'm not, I'm not, this is the problem. I'm not, um, I'm not comparing it to that tackle. Yeah. I think on its merits, that tackle, if you're going to give him five weeks, yeah. it's a send-off. Well, he was KO'd too, wasn't he? Knuckle yeah, I don't care about the Soliola one. It's, I'm not comparing them. I think Soliola should have been a send-off as well. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% so, agree. I, I think this one should have been... To me, it's a clear send-off. Look at, look at the way he was KO'd. Yeah. And we lost a player... And they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, I agree. But uh, as far as Tedovano going out, we spoke about how good he's been off the bench. He's been a great impact player this year. Lindsay Collins, the young Broncos 20s player they brought over, has been absolutely killing it for Wyong. Played a couple of games. He's the one with the Joe Dirt mullet. I think he might find himself uh, getting a bench spot unless they keep pushing through with Victor Adley and Watson both on the bench. But I don't think you can do that. I think you've got to have the extra forward along with Guerra and Napa come back into the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing I'm still confused about is how they've had Ma... Sorry, Orbison and Madison playing in the centres the whole time. I don't know why Manu hasn't been playing. Manu went back on the weekend. I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, at best, you can have one playing out of position in centre. If it was going to be one of them, it'd be Orbison for me, not Madison. Mm-hmm. I'd rather use him off the bench. But you can't have two back rows playing in the centres. Uh, that's not going to win you the comp. No, I agree. Uh, moving on from that one, 28 to 12, the Manly Seagulls over Penrith. And I think this just summed up one point that we've been making all year. And for some reason... A lot of people seem to be enamoured with the bloke, but Wanga Blake single-handedly got destroyed on that left-hand side by Tom Trevojevic and Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly absolutely bathed him, and Tom Trevojevic kept going there as well. And I don't know why it took so long to figure out that Dean Farre should be at centre, not only with the errors that we spoke about that Waka makes in critical times, but defensively, as soon as Farre got put there for the last 20 minutes, nothing went down that edge. And I think we can go back to what we said a couple of years ago. One of the most underrated players in that position, but despite injuries and a few little niggles, is Dean Farrow. And when Greg Inglis says, who's the hardest bloke you have to mark up against and says the name Dean Farrow, mm. why... He's been hamstrung with injuries. But so. he sat the last five or six weeks in New South Wales Cup. And Wunga Blake's made four errors and they gave him a match against Canberra somehow. But the one game, like I said, or the one, the flashy moments, he's a bit similar to what I said about Cartwright. The one try, the one great run doesn't make up for three or four errors a game and a couple of bad defensive well, I'll tell you why we're having those types of players land you. Middle of the pack, which is where they are. All the time. Because you go through the ups and downs constantly. Yep. And like I said during the week when we talked about it, a lot of guys get a year or two to correct their issues. Um, they kind of come up and down between the grades and you've got to fix those kinks out. He's had three full seasons now where he's never gone down. He's played 67 games and the silly errors haven't gone and the poor defensive reads haven't left. The position he's going to play in first grade, if anything, and I've said this before, is wing. Yeah. He's got a strong carry. He'd be good in yardage coming from the back, but he can't play center. Defensive reads are terrible. Too many touches of football and he makes way too many errors. This week, if they play Manly again and he's in the centres, I think we already know where the football is going to go. Yeah. 
Fare not too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Fare goes to centre for me. He goes on to the wing, if not out of the side. And I think Dallin, you have to play at fullback if you've got nobody else. Um, but I'd much rather have Dallin back there than Fare and Wanga can't defend at the centres anymore. And Tim Brown, I say it every week, how he's in that side and why they changed the tactic of not having Campbell Gillard as the starter is just after it's worked so well, just confuses me. But I, know, I, don't, I don't like Dallin at fullback either. Well, the thing is, where, you, where you're at with that situation right now, though, not having Edwards, not who's, having Moylan. Who's playing? Is Edwards definitely out? Yeah, he's going to be missing. Okay. Well, we're going to have the squads later on. Hopefully the squads will be right, named yeah. by the time we finish and we'll do our tips and we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a preview of each game, nothing too major. but Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't really see another answer for that right now. The only other player kind of playing down in cup who has some potential is Jerome Luai. They've been playing in between 5-8 and no, fullback. it's not the time to bring nah. him up. And that's what I mean. He scored a couple of tries and he's, he's trending nicely, but he's not ready to be thrown in no, for a finals game when he's been playing between 6 and 1. Yeah. So I think with the troops they've got available right now, that's and I don't way. think he's a one. I think he's a six. Exactly, I agree with you. But for what they've got right now, Wanga can't play in the centres. I need Farah there defensively. So the only option I've really got otherwise, if Moylan and Edwards aren't available, is to play Dale in there. I think. Yeah. And you leave Peachy uh, and Mansour. So. <sighs> but Manly, you got to give full credit. Tom well, they and... had more to play play for, and. It's clear from the start, wasn't it? They blew Penrith off the park. Oh, even through the middle. The middle, they just embarrassed them. Penrith should consider themselves very lucky they're playing finals because it got to 28-0 after about 55 minutes. And yeah. I thought, well, they could be out the door here. Well, if they get another try or two and they don't flatten out like they did Manly, uh, they could have absolutely put them on them and they would be out right now. Yeah. Cowboys would have finished... Uh, oh, sorry, no, they wouldn't. They would have hung in just because the Dragons lost. Mm. But they would be sitting in eighth and probably playing the Sharks this week. Yeah. So they can consider themselves very lucky. But again, like I said, 1,900 metres to 1,300 and 46 misses the week before finals. Um, and I've said it all year. I I don't rate Penrith. Everyone's going on about it. And had this argument last week. Oh, well, we've beaten one or two top eight sides. Where did, they, where did they finish? Seventh. They finished seventh. I had them finishing sixth. So. I had them fifth. Yeah, there but you go. I said at the start of the year, and again, people misinterpret it. They could potentially be a team that's a bit like Canberra. Pops up, shows us some flashes, but there's no way they're going to win the comp. But I don't even think they've reached those heights. They didn't even get close to what Canberra did last year. Um, and they're obviously at a pivotal point, like we've mentioned at the start of the show, where they have to decide where they're going to go with a few key players in their roster. Definitely. This week, though, honestly, I don't see things get much better. I think it might be a closer no, I, game, I but so, really. I'll be sticking with Manly. So, yep. uh, yeah, 1,900 metres, they had a 1,346 misses. That's that's not good. Yep. Tom Trevojevic and Brian Kelly, everyone on the Manly side. Blake Green's kicking game was outstanding. Um, they were just absolutely, yeah, blown away. Melbourne 32-6. to six. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game either, to be honest. No, it was poo. It was 20 after 20 minutes. Melbourne jumped them. They had more to play for again. Canberra was solid, but I thought Melbourne took their foot off the pedal. Yeah. Melbourne had, obviously, the, the farewell games for Cronk in his last regular season game. They had Smith's... Um, Equaling the Smith record. Smith equaling the record. Nelson plus, played his 50th. Yeah, plus to celebrate the minor premiership. There was a, and they wanted momentum going into the finals. So. Yeah. Canberra, okay, for, for the last yeah. 60. But I, I think it was more the case that Melbourne took their foot off the pedal a little bit. And Canberra have, have always had that sort of style that uh, causes Melbourne some issues. But, yeah, they... Well, I think the one thing you see... The result didn't surprise me. I, I thought that Canberra, if they got into the game early, could have upset Melbourne, but... When you look at all the milestones, and like we said on last week's show, that was always going to play a huge yeah. role. If, if those if those milestones weren't there and Bellamy had rested a couple, I was really keen on Canberra. Well, if they rested a couple, I would have definitely tipped Canberra. Yeah. Um, but 
you can see two tries in the first 10 minutes and you're down 12 nil by kicking dead and not picking up that loose ball that Felice got onto. It's not a great start. No, it's not. And again, I spoke about Munster and isolating defenders. They were so worried about him running all night. Harris had one-on-ones constantly. He's a big man with great feet and he's coming healthy at the right time of the year. Yeah. He had a great game. Um, yeah, you could say that again about most of the guys in the camera. Uh, sorry, the storm side and on the camera side of things. Joey Leilua just decided to not help their cause. I think for most of the night either he was just looking for a fight and giving away penalties. So yeah, disappointing way for them to close out the year. Uh, Canberra and I don't know what's going to happen next year because they don't have a whole lot of room for movement or change. The one thing I think is a positive they got Gub coming in because I thought they definitely need a better bench. And now there's talk that Dave Taylor might backflip on Toronto and they're going to try and find some money. So if they can have Gub. Taylor and finish up what they did with like Soliola, Topine, Whitehead, all those guys in there. I think the bench needed to be better. Um, if it is those few guys remaining, they might have a better bench, but something's got to give next year for Canberra. I agree. Um, but yeah, Melbourne, no surprise. Sharks 26 18 over Newcastle. Again, um, not a whole lot needs to be said. Old Boys Day started off pretty badly. 18 zip down, not looking good, but as Newcastle have done all year, they fight back. They yeah. found a way into this game, and as the Sharks have done all year, they can't close games out like you want and polish things up. But um, I think they got back to 18-12. Levi was outstanding at a dummy half. A couple of those forwards. Fitzgibbon's showing some great attacking potential at the back end of the year. I thought Ross was great, but uh, when it mattered, as usual, the Sharks stepped up, closed things out. Those young, inexperienced players for Newcastle couldn't get the job done. And I thought uh, Jesse Rabian on debut, the young bloke out of the 20 side, he made the team of the year and formerly for Manly. I thought he was good. They rested Graham and Bird, obviously, in preparation for the finals, but poor Gallon, the G train. Tell you what, rep football and not playing rep football has agreed with him this year. Absolutely. 303 metres, he went absolutely berserk. Ugh. Yeah. But, yeah, again, hard because one side's going to be playing finals, yeah. the other isn't. It was old boys' day. Newcastle, I thought, put up a pretty good fight. Yeah. And the Sharks but, also knew that there was no different result for them. They were finishing fifth, so. Yeah. Uh, hard one to sort of read a lot into. I don't think it's great. 26 best, 18, best though. result was that uh, they came at it with no injuries. Yeah, exactly. And not playing those two players was smart. But Newcastle in the end, you're down on troops. Lots of errors, penalties, and they only completed at 66%. So that definitely doesn't help your cause. But yeah, uh, yeah enough in game. A game that did have meaning, though, the Dogs versus the Dragons, 26-20. Uh, but honestly, I, I said it during the week, I honestly thought the Dogs were going to win. And they did. And mm. the Dragons... <laughs> can only look at themselves to blame. I know a couple of people during the week said, oh, they've been screwed in that one Sharks game, whatever. But what about the Golden Point game against the Roosters? Like, It wasn't their fault, but that's a critical game. And then they had Golden Point against the Raiders. And then you go back to a loss to the Titans, where they got beaten on the Gold Coast. And then round 21, they lost to Newcastle, a team they should have been beaten up on, but they just turned up and took them lightly. And then South, in the last six minutes, conceded two tries in round 22 to lose that game. Yeah, That was six and one. After seven rounds. So when you look at that, there is, what, how many games left if you've already played seven? There's 17 games left in the year. They needed to win six. They needed to win less than 50%. Mm -hmm. They only won. They did win another six and get to 12, but the record for the rest of the year was six and 13. And I've already highlighted there, there's about four or five really close losses. Yeah. A lot of people are complaining about the Sharks game, a forward pass, all the way back in round 10. But honestly, you blew the Newcastle game. You blew the Raiders' golden point game. And the South one with a couple of minutes left, how you lost that one is just beyond me. So there was plenty of opportunities to make the finals for the Dragons. And at the final hurdle, when they still had an opportunity to get in, they had everything to play for, the Dogs pulled their pants down. And when you have everything to play for, like we've mentioned for a couple of these other sides, that's generally when your best football comes to the fore. But I think it's been the same story a year. Good job by the forward pack. Nowhere near enough direction from the halves. I know Woodops ran already signed, but he needed to take more control. But they need Ben Hunt there. And I'm still not sold on Dufty as the fullback. So 
Yeah, he needs a bit of time. Moving forward there, but uh, two guys for Canterbury that copped a lot of flack. Obviously, Hoppawade and Leisha, they had a hand in all five tries. Hoppawade, I think, had a hand in all of them. And Leisha eventually scored the one that sunk the, the Dragons' season. Yep. And they scrambled well at the end there for a couple opportunities that were line breaks for the, the Dragons and shut the game down. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last one of the season, a nothing game again. It was the Tigers 28-16 to over the Warriors. Uh, pretty patchy effort, to be honest, but I guess Foran and Johnson out was always going to make it a hard night. They had their moments, as they always do, but in the end, Tigers at Leichhardt, Tedesco, uh, and also Woods' last games, I thought they were both pretty good. Lola here, he wanted to play well against his old team. He got rid of him. I thought he played well as well, but um, Matty Eisenhuth, what a fine. He's been coming into grade finally now that he's healthy. I thought he was outstanding as well. So, mm-hmm. Looking at him, Nofaluma, the guys we said that are coming, Packer, Madalino, Reynolds, McQueen. Uh, I can only see positives moving forward to next year for the Tigers. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on the Warriors side of things, you see these little flashes like at the end of the game with Nickel Clodstad linking up with Fussy Tour. And I tell you what, that's a bloke I'd like to see at a better club. David Fussy Tour is a classy footballer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's, he's something else, David Fussy Tour. Just to be that big, move that well, the offloads, the sidestep, the power, he has everything you want in an outside back. And I, I'd love to see him in a quality system, but um, I just don't know where they go to from here. There's no more foreign, so Hingano Alino is going to have to partner in there. The forwards I said at the start of the year were the big question mark for me. Yep. And a lot of them didn't step up. I think Lasone showed some improvement and Nafoa got some footy on his belt. But like young Papali, he's a, a powerlifting champion who's only been play, playing footy for a couple of years and he's 19. There was a lot of responsibility on a lot of young guys. And next year, again, some of these guys are only going to be 20, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Lilliman, Hoffman, Gubb, all these guys are heading out the door, Madalino, Blair, Beal, Harris coming over, like... Harris can only do so much from an edge if there's no go forward in the middle. Blair's not a great go forward front rower. He's not a guy that punches in, makes 150 metres a game and gets quick to play the balls. So mm. there's a lot of expectation next year on Lasone, on Vete, who didn't finish the season in first grade. And um, they might even have to keep Lilliman, I'm hearing, in the end, just because there's no one really else out there for them to buy. And James Garvey obviously got injured. He was playing quite well, but um, there's questions over their forward pack again next year. So not a great finish Absolutely. of the season for them, but. Uh, yeah, Tigers, positive signs moving forward. But that wraps up our reviews of the games from the weekend. We'll jump into some of the fan questions. And there is plenty of them. But before we quickly get into those, we have to give a big thank you to Richmond Residential, one of our charity sponsors, again, for this season. So if you're looking for a bit of help with any kind of financial strategic management, you've got to go with Richmond Residential. So a big thanks to Ange and her crew out there, and uh, they are a strategic financial management consultancy delivering a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. They offer financial strategy, home equity loans, commercial loans, restructuring of your mortgage, home loans, debt consolidation, leasing finance, broker services, real estate investment, and superannuation planning. So many things they can help you with there. They have a strong client, uh, client focus, and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want uh, you can contact them today on 028824 Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn, or you can book a complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite 415 of 33 Lexington Drive, Bella Vista, New South Wales. So thank you, Richmond Residential. First up, though, uh, in the questions here, we have Caspar, and he says uh, about the under-20s. Lads, in your show this week, could you cover off what is happening next season with the <coughs> under-20s? Will we have a reserve grade again? If so, you think it's a good thing. 20s were a good pathway for backs, but too big a step for forwards defensively, in my opinion. Well, it's going back to Jersey Flag. So um, under 23 is Jersey Flag, is, isn't it? No, so. no. It's going to be under 20s. Okay. It's going to be rebranded 
back as the Jersey flag. Uh, it's going to have a four-week break in the middle. It'll run concurrently with the NRL competition apart from that middle point in the season. I think they go 10 rounds, four-week break, 10 rounds, 10 rounds. with buys also. And finals linked straight finals on NRL right, finals, yeah. so it still finishes yeah. on grand I'm final. I'm pretty lap. sure, or actually no, the reserve grade will run uh, concurrently, as, as it does now to have that Super Bowl at the end of the year. I haven't heard anything different in that regard. Yeah. Basically, the big difference for 20s now rebranded as Jersey Flag, and I think we've touched on this before. When it's going to be state-based. It's going to be state-based, yeah. yes. So Queensland Cup will be Queensland Cup style is for the 20s, and New South Wales team, similar kind of deal. So I think uh, they should all pretty much be uh, as is. I don't, I don't know any changes as far as, like you know, say the Raiders who are linked with Mounties and Reserve Grade being Mounties. In Jersey Flag, are they? Or I'm pretty sure they're still going to be as the club, Canberra. Uh, I'm sure. A lot of clubs yeah, obviously sure. haven't clarified that as of yet when mm. they've got to feed a club with the New South Wales Cup. But basically, under 20 still exists, but only within state. So the Queensland teams will be uh, up there having their own devices. Melbourne will be part of the Queensland setup because they've obviously got the feeder with the Sunshine Coast Eagles, I'm assuming. And they set up a base there this year where their 20s played out of. And the Warriors will be part of the New South Wales setup. But. Big difference like Brock said. 20 games, <clears throat> split round there in the middle. They realise a lot of those kids are at school, so they're going to have a bit of a study break, a bit of a mid-year break for their physical side of things, and the finals will run concurrently. So grand final day still has Queensland Cup versus New South Wales Cup, NRL grand final, and Jersey Fleet. That's at the moment. Yeah, and that's basically all we know at this point in time. Uh, what have we got here? Calvin Hewitt, he says he agrees that Ivan should have stayed. He made Penrith the powerhouse they were, and he says that Moylan is overrated. Hope he goes to the Super League. I don't know about the Super League just yet. I think he definitely uh, deserves to stay in the NRL, but as far as the situation at Penrith right now, they definitely don't need him with some of the talent they've got, and uh, they need to make a shift to suit what Cleary does in the halves, in my opinion. Uh, who we got here? We got Joey. He says, Hey boys, shadow with the Dragons result on Sunday. Not having a proper seven has killed us all year. Hunt will make a difference. I believe that having Graham will help us with our multiple young forwards on the way through. In hindsight, the Cowboys probably deserve to make it due to the injuries they've had and the way they have played. Where can you see the Dragons finishing 2018? I see them finishing well, around the similar spot. I think they'll be fighting for the eight. Well, I agree but with you. Add in Ben Hunt, and the expectation will be eight or bust. But I. I think there's probably four or five teams that are clearly better than them, and then I think there's going to probably going to be four or five teams that are going to be very similar to them. So they'll be fighting it out with those sort of sides to but to make the top eight next year. I'm with you. It's eight or bust because of Ben Hunt, but I don't think their depth is that great. And Graham, yeah. Like, you you lose Packer, and you've got a couple of these young guys coming in, but even this year, like, Masoy and a lot of guys, they didn't really use or need. They let go early, and their depth hurt at the back end of the season. Yeah. The upside for them is that their 20 side's actually quite good, but a lot of those guys aren't in forward positions. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and their cup side obviously slipped into the finals. I think they knocked off Mounties week one, but, um, yeah, I think depth might be an issue again next year for the Dragons. Uh, Poindexter says, Brock... Uh, your opinion on the Walker boys coaching the Titans? Obviously, we said earlier you don't have a problem with it. You think no, it's probably I'd a good love, idea? I'd, yeah, I'm. It's either Craig Bellamy or someone at that sort of echelon of coach, or it's got to be. I think we go left field and the Walker brothers. Why not? Yeah, he says Moylan drama. You'll cover it though, as we have champion yeah. and dark horse for the finals. I think there is a dark horse. If yeah. if I had to say a dark horse and. You say someone outside the uh, top four to be manly. Yeah, if you're going to ask me to pick someone from the bottom, to get on a run for four weeks, the yeah, bottom manly. four. I think manly on their best day could knock anyone off, but I can't see it happening. You can mention the sharks, but you can't really call them a dark horse. Well, I was going to. They won the they won a couple last year, year so. but I can't see the Cowboys and the Panthers making any no. threat. But 
if you're going to go a legit dark horse, Manly have the ability with the Trebojevic's, Cherry Evans, Green, It'll be Manly Coruscant. or Power. Manly or Power are the two that... Yeah, probably outlier a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Mitch says here, favourite league presenter, boys? I like Warren Smith. Oh, yeah. oh, commentator or presenter? Commentator, I'd say Warren Smith. Uh, presenter... I don't mind James Bracey on Channel 9. I think he's he's all right. He's got... He's a pretty cool dude. Um... Jeez, scraping the barrel. I don't like many on Fox. Even I can take or leave even on Samson. There's not yeah. put it this way. There's not anyone that I overly dislike. Yeah, I, I, I love Matty Johns. Yeah, he's, um, but he's, he doesn't do a lot of game to game sort of stuff, which I think is disappointing. I think I'd like to see Matty Johns move away from the comic sort of style and talk footy because I think he's got one of the sharpest brains uh, in the game, and I, I don't hear enough of that. For me, it's too much of the laughy, laughy, funny stuff rather than the analytic side of it. I honestly think he deploys more of it on the grill team. He does. He goes yeah, on yeah. 10, 15-minute talks there, and obviously they, like MG and Gussie let him have most of the say. But I, I, when I listen to the grill team, I honestly think he talks more football than he does on his uh Well, there his you go. That's, that's probably my point. But you know, the best time I've seen him on, and I want to see it more often, he should be on 360. When they had him on 360 yeah, that week for 10, 15 minutes again, I was like, exactly what you said. Kenty and Iken are pretty good, but it seems to be Iken a lot of time prompting Kenny, and Kenny's pretty good, but a rugby league mine and one of the best ones in Matty Johns. Yeah. I think that would be the ultimate panel, and I'd love to see that three or four nights a week. Uh, maybe cut out the late-night show that he does, which is a bit funny. Keep one of them, fair enough, but I don't know. They're pretty similar, though, show. They're like, basically the yeah. same thing, but yeah. I'm with you. Deploy him a bit more. Uh, B.E. Ashford says, why do teams play better when no chance of finals, Bulldogs, Tigers, etc.? Well, for that reason, there's no... Right or rhyme uh, to you know have to worry about results anymore or pressure and once things are released they play a bit more freedom in their uh, there's a lot more freedom in their football. Tigers I wouldn't frame in the same league as the Bulldogs though. The Bulldogs have Origin players, internationals, and they've been hamstrung by their style and obviously some talk off the field at the back end of the season. It seems like Des Hazel's finally bit the bullet, taken his crappy structure away, and some guys have shone. But the Tigers have been on the improve all year, playing with I reckon probably the second worst roster in the competition and. Next year, they're going to be a lot better. Mm, agree. NRL Profits, Leisha, a bolter for Origin, Hasler to fix the Warriors, Moylan to the Rabbitohs, all questions. Well, I said it before, and it's a long shot right now. I honestly reckon if Leisha was at the right club, if Nathan Peets and Mitchell Ray and a couple of these guys there are better hookers and two of them don't even play grade, really, on a consistent basis, there's nothing to say otherwise. I think Leisha's definitely got a lot more attacking capability than what Peets does. Mm. Uh, Peets more a defensive nine, but again... Uh, needs to be at a club, needs to be playing consistent football. I highly doubt it'll happen next year, but potential for his whole career, I think he's a rep player, especially for New South Wales nine options right now. Leisha? Long reach not, right now. Not for me. Yeah, not right now, though. I think it's going to be no. a year or two at least. Hasler to fix the Warriors. I think that's the last thing they need is Des Hasler. That style of structure would absolutely kill the Warriors, and we've already seen Kearney come in, try to play high completion, you know, Low, kill the low percentage plays. He doesn't want offloads. He doesn't want to promote the football bust and tackles, and I think it's already killed them. I think they need somebody, again, like a Ivan Cleary who can put the right balance in but all, and get the best out of their attacking side. I think they need to go the opposite way. Mm. Um, I know it probably wouldn't work again, but even someone like the Walker Brothers, you mentioned again, if there's anyone who's got enough natural, gifted, and talented as a lot of the New Zealand boys do. I think the Walkers kind of suit a situation like that. But again, yeah, I think, I think it's a bridge too them, far. Yeah, I don't know whether they've got... No, I can't see it. The discipline to exactly. sort of... That's more what I was getting They at. need that yeah. where... You, know, that's, you can make an argument the Titans need that as well. Yeah. So. Well, Moylan to the Rabbitohs, that's a no. Like I said before, where are you going to fit him? Uh, you've already got 
Cody Walker. You've got Adam Reynolds. You've got Cook. So there's your spine sorted with Johnston, two centers, GI, Gagai. If you can deploy those three middles and the twin Burgesses and Musgrave to do a good job, like I said, you can hopefully put Sam on an edge with Crichton. And you've got two of the most potent edges in the competition, in my opinion. If you yeah. compare Crichton, Gagai, and Inglis and Burgess, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you need to go forward in the middle, clearly. Uh, Josh says here, boys, which player has the most average rig of all time? I'll throw in George Rose, Adam Cuthbertson, and Ben Hennett as some Hall of Famers. Well, if you're going to go off rig, oh, yeah. if you're going to go rigs, I don't even think you've you've answered your own question with the first one. George Rose had the worst rig I've seen since I've been watching football. Yeah, Georgie, Georgie Mark Tukey, especially when they rig. gave him the St George jersey. What did not suit George? That's for sure. No. Uh, and Josh again says, and please get on TV already. Sick of moronic opinion slash analysis from flogs that retire. Being a player isn't enough. Need intelligence too. Uh, well, that's much appreciated, champion. Uh, Mitch said, do you guys have any idea on what the lower grade setup is next year? Now Holden Cup is done. Well, went through that before, champion. It's uh, just going to be rebranded as Jersey Flag. 20-week comp. Study kind of break in the middle because obviously a lot of those kids are at school, university. Um, but it's still going to run in line, obviously, to finish on grand final day. But 20 rounds, not 24. Mad King, where do the Warriors go from here? They set up a new club record for consecutive losses and capped it off with a shellacking by the Tigers. Well, I think I touched on that when we finished up earlier before. I don't know where they go from here. They've still got Johnson. They've still got Luke. They've still got Sheck. And the only one I think is playing to their potential, and I feel bad for him, is Sheck. Mm-hmm. Sheck still does all those dirty carries, jumps in there, gets his hands on the football 200-plus metres a game, but he's not got the assets around him like he did at the Roosters and... The one thing I like for Roger Tuovasashek is he left early. He's still got time in a year or two when that four years expires to come back to a better club. So right now, I think he'll honour his contract and play his time out there, but I don't think things are going to turn around in a quick enough period of time for Roger Tuovasashek to uh, blossom over there, and it won't surprise me if he comes back to Sydney in two years. Other than that, where do they go from here? They make a late-season signings in Blair, who's a 32-year-old front row, and they're talking about paying half a million, $600,000. Um, he's not going to fix their problems. They're letting too many guys go. Their juniors went ordinary in the under-20s this year. The whole club needs to be fixed, and we've said it all started. We have an Ivan, Ackland, good junior paths, good first-grade setup, discipline, as well as the balance between the attack. All of that's not there at the moment, and there's doubt over who's going to own the club. They're trying to sell the joint. So, uh, mate, there's, there's a lot that needs to happen at the Warriors. Uh, Foti, he says, why do teams get rewarded for being unable to get the ball from one player to another? They receive six more for a crap pass or kick play on. Agree. No Agree. complaints. Yeah, it needs to, uh, the interpretation needs to change. Yep. I'm not uh, complaining with that either. Andrew Wales, I don't like the rumour about Maloney and Moylan swap for Cronulla. Any thoughts? Let's see what plays out. Let's see what plays out. I, well, I already said I don't before. Know I think it's more a manager thing, isn't it? They're, well, yeah, they're two managers, but... For Cronulla's side of things, and I think... Um, no, I think they're managed by the same person. Oh, yeah. that's, Alan yeah. Ganey's now the manager because Wayne Beavis, I think they said, is no longer accredited. So, okay. Why wasn't uh, he accredited? Probably just age, I think. Did Wayne he Beavis. I think he's fairly old, yeah, Wayne Beavis. So. Uh, Andrew, I can understand your thoughts on that, and I said what I said earlier. I think Maloney, even for Penrith's side, when you've got May there, I don't think they need to swap for another 5'8 right now. I think they stick with May, and they just need the cap space to upgrade him. Edwards, who's already got an upgrade, and anyone else they've kind of gotten their side. I don't know how Maloney fits in the picture if he wants more money. Hmm. Um, and I, it's not really a big increase from what he's on at Cronulla right now. From Cronulla's point of view, I'd rather Maloney than Moylan. I know you can say there's more tomorrows left in him, but is he? I, don't, I still don't think he's a six. Hmm. And I don't think he fits in with the way they play. Um, and I already think, no offence, that Cronulla's got enough of a boys club going on. And a lot of ex-Penrith guys and 
Gallon, I think there's a few too many egos and Josh Dugan coming across. So I think, yeah, there's, there's a few too much, uh, few too many big personalities to be bringing in a Matt Moylan who's pretty laid back and obviously having some issues with Penrith right now. I don't know what your opinion is on that. but No, I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. Arthur, the Dragons man from last week, he says, do you think Brian Smith would be a good coach for New South Wales? He has got to four grand finals, only to lose three to Wayne Bennett and one to a star-studded Knights. Uh, plus, he does not take crap from players mucking up. I think he's past it. I think I don't even think he'd want that a job like that anymore. To be honest, I think he does a bit of uh, consulting and stuff with clubs, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think he'd want to jump back into a head. Why coach do we want job. to go back to that? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm you're looking you. too far in the revision mirror. We need to be looking at someone current. Arthur, I'll stick with what I said last year. I think they stuffed up when they were 50-50 on Mary McGregor and they didn't act quick enough to keep Jason Demetria, who is now the assistant at the Broncos, which says enough of the opinion of uh, Jason Demetria. Mm. Um, and Arthur again says, sorry, one more. Would Tyra May be a good fit at nine in place of Wallace for next season? Moylan at six if he stays. Well, I wouldn't play Moylan at six. I prefer May at six. He can play nine, but why would you do that when you've got Mitchell Rain there, who I think they can keep? Because yeah. Peter Wallace is clearly busted up and a couple of knee Ricos, 33, 34 years old. And he went off on the weekend. Every week he's just getting wrecked. It's not that he's not doing a good job, but he's not going to hold up in the middle. No. It's, you, you've moved to a much harder job later in your career after a lot of big injuries. It's just not... It was the only way to stay in a job, but... Yeah, so I get that. But with Katoa there, they've just signed Egan. <laughs> I, I'm doing everything to keep Rain. I'm not letting Rain leave. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what they're going to be going after, but thanks for that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Greg Willis, have you boys missed Monday Night Footy this season or would you rather Absolutely Thursday? Mate. Missed it big time. I think we've said it a million times how much we miss Monday night football. Thursday night, one day of work left a week. It doesn't feel like a war. It feels like an uppercut because to me, Friday night football, my weekend's starting. I'd Monday, have both. I said it. I'd have both. Get that yeah. 6 o'clock shit Friday game, put it on Monday night. I want a Sunday night game. I like 6 p.m. Sunday. Yeah. And bring Monday back. Yeah. And keep the two Fridays. That's what I'd do. Uh, what have we got here? Matty. Matty Hunt. Here he is. My boy, uh, my word, boys. It's been a whole year, and the passenger of the week has grown in front of our eyes. It will be sad to see the podcast go till next year, but 2017 has been awesome. Hats off to you, legends, but now the power is in your hands to decide the passenger of the year. Wow. He's going in before finals well, time. I'll, I'll go bang. Jared Hayne. Well, he's already got, oh, he's got Jared Hayne. He's now? got the nominees here. He's got yeah, A is Josh Dugan, B is Jared Hayne, C the NRL touch, he's D is uh, James Roberts, and E is Matty Hunt. So he's nominated himself after we've said the other week he was the passenger of the week for not being up for it. Um, I'm going to go with Boxhead, Jared Hayne. Josh Dugan's a close... He beat, he beat Josh Dugan in Golden Point. Yeah, he's, he's a close second there, but, yeah, it's got to be Jared Hayne, surely. And uh, nice addition, Chair. You know, we've enjoyed the, the, the passenger <coughs> of the week. Uh, regular Jade, what was worse? Ted Ivano's high shot on Nakawabai, or was it Ryan Madison pushing a Titans player onto him while he was laying unconscious on the ground? No, it's pretty ordinary. I thought it was ordinary. I thought it was ordinary as well, but the shot... And nothing was made of any of it. They just put it on report and no one got a slap on the... Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I sound I sound like I'm bitching because I'm a Titans fan. I just thought it was a bad look. Yeah. Uh, Mateo Grasso, earlier this year you guys talked about Moylan and other players being happy at Penrith with Hook. Is what's happening finally the uh, manifestation of that? I'm worried that if Moylan goes, others will follow as well. Uh, it's starting to feel like firing Ivan for Hook is going to be the thing that brings the Panthers undone. And were you convinced by Gus Gould's press conference where he said Matt's staying here? I think he looked very rattled because he knows that once the finals are over, either Moylan or the coach will go. I'm unconvinced, yes. Well, I think Gus did as good of a job as what he could have yesterday to smother it, but I think you're going to be hearing more at the moment. He just wants to put the focus back on the team and the on-field, and then obviously once the season's over, it's going to shift to this on uh, off-field issue. Well, I wouldn't be so worried about other players leaving Mateo. I think it's more what we've talked about the whole time as far as we're not a big fan uh, of Griffin's coach. Well, I'm not a big fan. I don't know about Boxhead of Griffin's coach style. I've had I, I don't know. En- like, look, I've seen the development pathways and the things that he's passing down compared to Ivan, and I rate Ivan's higher. And I just mean general coaching, first grade, Ivan, what he's doing Ivan, with the first see, grade but, but with Ivan... I've seen a lot more of him around other coaches and get to understand how he does it. And we've done, I've done a lot of hands-on stuff with Ivan, where I was, I've never had the opportunity to do that with um, Anthony Griffin. So I can't... I don't know the structures and things that he's running. That is my point. So whether or not what you're watching on the field is what he's coaching, I guess to some degree now he's had the side for two and a half years. Well, or two years, it has, it has to, to be. So And I don't think I was more selections. impressed with the way that they were playing under Cleary than Griffin. Well, so, I got problems. Mind you, he's got him to the finals two years in a row. That's something yeah. that Ivan couldn't do. So, I don't know. Ivan had to deal. With the, the, Ivan had to deal with a shitload more injuries. I don't agree with the, the selections. No, I don't agree with the selections or the style of play. That's my no. whole point. I think he's mucking up the two things you need to get right every single <coughs> week, um, and it just hasn't happened. And honestly, I don't know why you're so worried about players. I don't think the players are a big issue. I think if anything, Moylan should be gone, given the situation that you can get two players in the positions that he plays that are both better for less money. Uh, I want Griffin gone as well. If both went, I wouldn't be bothered. But who's Penrith getting to coach? That's your other question. Yeah. My issue there is they're talking about Garth Brennan, Seraldo, all these other guys that are within this system taking the job. I wouldn't be any well, happier. Give him, a, give him a job because they're, you know, they've got the jet boots on. Well, I wouldn't be happier give with Give him the job. See how they go with it. Taking that. But he's got a rap on them and he had a rap on Barrett. So. Well, he had a rap on Garth Brennan, but didn't give him the job. So. Moved Barrett to Manly, didn't give him the job. So This is my questions here. It seems like there's a lot of raps trying to get blokes gigs, but if they're not happy with He just with doesn't Griffin, want to give him a gig where they are. So uh, Yeah, I, I, I'd move both on. Jay Smith, early predictions, boys. Of the teams that did not finish in the finals, which one would you put money on making the finals next year and who misses out? Well, the Raiders are the one I'd be putting straight, straight back in. I honestly think most of the top four or five... Uh, as in the Melbourne Storm, the Roosters, the Sharks, the Cowboys, once they get their players back, the Broncos. I'd basically have all those sides back in. Mm-hmm. So that's about five there. Um, you look at a Manly, I don't know what they're going to do with that money now that's freed up. They have, they've spent it on some depth players, not so much bringing any big names. I think you've got them, the Dragons with Ben Hunt, the Raiders and the Eels, etc., all competing for that bottom end of the eight, again, and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. If you wanted me to pick a couple... If the Panthers were better coached and the on-field side was better, I'd probably say Panthers, Raiders back in, and that probably leaves you one spot left open for Dragons or Manly or something like that. Yeah. Um, but Tigers, Bulldogs, all these sides, I don't see enough changing fast enough. Woods for Graham, it's basically a straight-up swap for a guy that's just a little bit younger and plays similar. Foreign's had so many injuries, I doubt he finishes out the year next year. So I don't see the Bulldogs, the mm-hmm. Titans, Newcastle, Tigers, all the Warriors improving anywhere near enough. The one that's the outlier for me is South, what we spoke about. If everything went right, 
with their best 13, they could probably There's going fight. to be so much stuff going on over the off-season. It's hard to talk about it now. But at the same time, we say this every year when we pick our eight, and it happened again this year. There's always two teams you're dead set on that miss out, and there's always two that you're right off that get in. I didn't think Manly or the Dragons would be close. Manly ended up getting in. The Dragons didn't, but I didn't see them coming where they did. And I didn't see the Eels finish in top four. Mm. But almost every year, there's always one or two teams that let you down, and there's one or two that come in that no one expected. So yeah. uh, a lot to happen between now and then, including the World Cup. We could have some injuries. Things could yeah. change for there. So uh, Lucas Taylor just has the Warriors with crying faces. And, mate, if you're a Warriors fan, I really do feel sorry for you. It uh, hasn't been a fun time the last few seasons. Chris Sakuna, Brian Smith was spotted at times. Bain Smith. Smith. Uh, would he make a good head of football operation with Bellamy likely to finish up at the Storm next year? Would he be a good target for the Titans as head of football? He has family on the GC. Bellamy. All the chips in for Bellamy. I don't think it will happen, but no. you've got to go all in for him. Brian Smith. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. No, at this point, like I said, I think he's past that. He can consult and do things He did like a good that. job redoing the Tigers, didn't he? He wrote a review for the Tigers and look how that went. Yeah, that absolutely went the dog shit, shit at the fan until Ivan came in and yeah. laid down the law and now they've just left him to his own devices. So, so. And shit hit the fan at Newcastle and shit hit the fan at the Roosters. So, no thanks. Yep. William Robinson, is Craig Bellamy really the master coach or is it Cam Smith who is the brains behind the storm? I only ask because it's a topic I've been talking about with mates recently and while I didn't believe it at first, Craig's record when Smith isn't playing isn't good. No, nor would it be. Well, nor would it be. But you can't say... It's like Newcastle playing without Joey Johns. When you've got that much invested into a... One player. One player, yeah. It's going to hamstring your team. I'll frame it this way too, and I think this is quite easy to figure out. How do all these journeymen and blokes that can't play football anywhere else turn into the players they do? It's Craig Bellamy. Yeah. Craig Bellamy's the coach. It's both. Both. But all the... You can't argue one without the other because it's not an individual sport. I can still build it this way. Melbourne Storm is not what it is today no, I, I know what you're without saying. Craig Bellamy. Yes, Craig Bellamy built the club, he built the culture, he is the reason the Melbourne Storm... He gets the best from the best and the most from the least. He's built Melbourne into what it is, so this is not even an argument. It's Craig Bellamy is... The, the argument probably the, is, is Craig Bellamy the best player, uh, the best coach at getting the least out of the worst... Oh, the most out of the worst players. 100%. That go to, in, the, in the league. I yeah. don't think this is an argument. Cameron Smith is... You see other coaches who have elite players go to their side and they look like shit. Yeah. We've had Whereas he has players who look like shit elsewhere and turns them into really solid first graders, guys that do a job. 100%. But in just, just, there's not a better club in the NRL. Look, I, I, I want to see how they go without Smith. I, I, I you know, Craig Bellamy's going to listen to this, but I think that's going to be the biggest mark on his legacy. I like, don't think once he's these either. guys, yeah, well, I don't know, but once these guys walk out the door, like if he could, if he could get them to the eight and keep them competitive without these superstars, then. He's got to go down as greatest of all time. Well, that's, I think that's why Bennett moved. Bennett moved because everyone sort of said, you know, Brisbane's your safety net, et cetera, et cetera. So he moved away to sort of try and prove that point. Chase a little bit of that Jack, Jack Gibson, uh, ooh, how would you say it, a bit of history to say that he couldn't do it at other clubs, and he did it. So oh, I don't know. I, but, Bell, Bellamy's comfortable in his own shoes. Like he's done I don't a tremendous think. job at Melbourne. People just come to the Titans, Craig. Bring people just Titans. always look for an excuse to throw shade on somebody, and I just think there's not even an argument. He's built Melbourne to what it is today. Full stop. There's not even an argument about it. Melbourne Storm is. I think Craig the, the debate should be where does Cameron Smith fit in the top three players of all time, and where does Craig Bellamy fit in the top three co- coaches of all time? Players and coaches. They're both in the top three all time for me. One, and one wouldn't be the same without the other. No, 100%. But in the scheme of things, Smith, wow, he's been the outstanding player that he is. Mm-hmm. Craig Bellamy, there's a lot more to than me, just... To Thurston, Johns, 
Cameron Smith as your top three all-time players. Would you disagree, Greg? I still stick by what I've said before, that even though Andrew Johns played less games, I think he was a better player than Thurston. I think I've never yeah, seen but a I'm player... I'm saying top three all-time. Top three all-time, three. Yes. Yeah. Right? Top three coaches would be Bennett, Gibson, Bellamy. Yeah. Where do they fit? That, that'd be the argument I'd be having amongst mates. Yeah, fair enough. But again, people don't realise he's in his 60s right now and he said he doesn't want to keep coaching forever. So he doesn't want to do the Bennett and do it for and his whole life. fit as hell. He wants to go spend some time with his family and he's mentioned that before. So I don't know if he's going to be there to see the rebuild, but I think we've already seen the glimpse, which is why I'm not worried. He's the one who's picked out Croft and got these younger kids ready and they come in this year and they look just as good as most sides would. I reckon if they put that new spine in, they'd still make the top eight. Yeah. That's my opinion. And he's done that. He's done that job. So. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, he's would, not... Would that, would that side... Take out Cronk, Smith, Slater, and put in those at the younger Hughes, three. Croft, Smith. Yeah. Would they beat the Dragons? Yeah. Would they beat Penrith? I think would so. They be- I think they would too. If you still got the the side that he's would built. Would they beat the Cowboys? Felice yeah, Cafusi only played would. 20 minutes last year. Fanukin, they brought down. All those kind of moves. You've won a values. You're Curtis Scotts. I think you put them all back in there. Melbourne's still a top eight side. Yep. I agree, my so friend. So that's what I'm saying. Diego Montoya, will people eventually forget how dominant the Storm have been this year if they don't win the Premiership? Or no one remembers. Yes, they will. No one remembers you if they you don't will. win the comp. Simple. Yeah, it's going to hurt if they don't win this comp. Uh, I've been a part, not so much Brock, unfortunately, of two very dominant teams in like junior stuff, and we didn't win the comp. And let me tell you, no one remembers <coughs> who won the minor premiership. You've got to win the comp. Simple. Yeah. Uh, Brett Sims, hi boys, great season. I really do think the NRL and the clubs could do more for uh, the fans. The NFL have a show called the Hard fans. Knocks which is very good. It seems to me that the NRL and the clubs just want to pump their own tyres and give nothing back to the members. Give nothing back to the members and the supporters. Even the AFL had a show called The Chosen Few, which was great. Anyways, thanks for your insight and thoughts on the 2017 season. Have a great, safe off-season. Look forward to 2018. Jesus, remember. Like we're in. We're, uh, I know. I think everyone's forgetting we do finals in a review. There is never an off-season. We're not going anywhere. There's never an off-season for us, Brady boy. We love the love, though. But Jeez, yeah, that. hard knocks for watch the NRL knocks. would be great. They did, they did like in, uh, that. What's, what's your mate? The guy Who? that does the uh, David Tap. He did like uh, an David NRL. He, he did an NRL preseason uh, show. You mean NRL summertime? That's the one. NRL summertime at Fox Sports. So that was a poor. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. It's poor excuse like, for something like hard knocks, but it's not even close to hard knocks. You get no insight, and you get the same cliches. Yeah, the boys are working hard. I've been watching hard knocks since well, well man, oh five. Everybody, everybody who listens, you should know we love the NFL. The night we do the podcast, generally we do we the sit pod, down and we watch. We have a feed, the and then on Thursday, when it generally has been coming out, we download it before Thursday night football. We let the game run till halftime, so we got some fast forward to skip all the scrums and the crap in halftime, and we yeah. watch hard knocks beforehand. So. We do. That's where we're at. We got shit down. That's right. Brett Ryan, why don't the Titans commit to their defence more consistently like they did on Saturday? They had new players come in and others playing out of position but kept turning up for each other. I've got an easy easy reason for you because they're shit. (laughs) Because they're the worst team in the comp. And I'll tell you what, I should have said it before uh, because I didn't. Keegan Hipgrove is nuts and I love him. That game on the weekend. He was great. He went Sign him up. He went berserk. Yeah, I know. That That was was brilliant. He was trying to... He's already got charged. him going... Fucking sign him up right now. He already got charged. I was Did like, he? Good, first good game, boy. First game, you're up for a shoulder charge. Good boy. Yeah, he went nuts. Good. He went after Jared and people. I'm like, that's when you, you know go you, after Jared. you got a good kid. That impressed me. I was so, like, yes. NRL off-season for one of the under-20 kids they took from the 
the old uh, Bronx. So that was a decent move. Jaiara coming over, Jared Wallace. Yeah. But I think a lot of people forget a couple of these kids were Titans based. They're not Brisbane kids. That's right. It's horseshit. So, because what Brisbane pinch all our kids? Oh, they're, they're a Brisbane kid. Now I'm Fuck not. Gonna, I'm not going to get in that argument. But yeah. fucking yeah. I thought uh, Hipgrave. While we talk about people with defence, were great. But yeah, they need to get better next year. Just a better attitude. Full stop through the club. Uh, Mitch Madley, boys, how stupid can the NRL be? Why on earth would they not have the two of the Allianz games together and make a double header on Saturday <coughs> and pack out the stadium? Well, I agree. Totally with you, agree. But the only issue I think for them is Melbourne. I didn't look at the AFL, but from what I heard, that there's no game on Saturday in Melbourne. So they wanted to have the Melbourne game down there in Melbourne on Saturday because there's nothing competing with it to make right. sure. Right. So I don't know how you can have a three games on Saturday, obviously. I still think you could have Why done Why can't one. they just have two on Sunday? Well, that was what I was going to say. I'd love to do the doubleheader on Sunday, but clubs will probably win that they get the shorter turnaround because two of them are playing on Sunday. But yeah. when you look at it, from the way it is, there's three Sydney-based teams in Sydney on the Sunday and there's the Cowboys who finished eight. So they don't really deserve a If you're an elimination argument. finalist... Two-story walk exactly, because you, which is what I'm getting you don't get an advantage. Those Sydney teams in Sydney, as long as the as long as the top four games are Friday Saturday, I don't see the argument. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I just thought that's probably the one thing you get the clubs win. You know, and why the other we thing is, later? Are we re- do we really think that they, all these AFL fans are going to go watch NRL on no. Saturday afternoon? Most of them still. So don't what, care we're, about we're still going to we're going to adapt around Melbourne, are we? Yeah. How about we do what? How about we get a crack a crowd at Allianz? Yep, and just. Look after ourselves. Not disagreeing. Tom Douglas, wouldn't NRL club have the balls to hire the Walker brothers? It would have would take a courageous board to hire them in today's times of risk uh, aversion. If the gamble paid off, though, and this entertaining style work, can't help but think it would pay off financially for the club through an increase in members, viewership, sponsors, I don't understand sponsors, why people think that it wouldn't work because it's worked in a reserve grade competition. Well, you know what gives it even more credence? <clears throat> the jet side they did it with only trained two nights a week yeah. and they did it with about... 50 grand. Other sides up there that are linked to NRL clubs were getting fed $250,000, So Lowest paid side, two nights a week, football principles, fitness. They put more responsibility on picking the right players and the guys to buy into their system and work hard off the field. Give them the whole week to do it with first graders and let them maybe have a year or two to get a couple more players in that they like. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why it couldn't succeed. And it would give a lot of teams trouble because a lot can't play football. Yeah. So... Uh, Jaden Cecil, Warriors wooden spooners next year. Well, the, well you, know the, you know the one thing that kills hard it. Though? To argue, yeah, it's man. hard to argue, but the one thing that kills every year is the Origin period. If the draw favors them during the Origin period, yeah. which it generally does, they'll yeah. always pick up wins there. So Fair. I can see where you're coming from, but that's the one thing that hits me when I thought about it the other day myself is that they're always going to so find. Yeah, basically what you're saying is they're going to be the worst team around the Origin. Yeah. But before the only, and after the origin. You know, the only thing about it is they always give them the origin teams. They always get Melbourne or Brisbane, people like that during yeah, this time. If the NRL was half decent about it, you'd make the Warriors play a few sides. Yeah, but I, see, the origin period isn't going to be as long next year either. So yeah. maybe. Or maybe. maybe. Oh, yeah. Fair call. Mitch Eady, how did the Roosters come second playing somewhere near the best about three times all year? Hashtag Paul Standard. Because the whole competition is shit. Whole competition's poor. It's been a really... This is the lowest standard of competition I've ever seen. But like I've said before, and it doesn't necessarily always win your games, but on paper, it's an outstanding football side. They've found ways to win the ugly games. I think they said last week, (laughs) historically, in the competition, they equaled, I think, the most amount of wins, six points or under for a season. Yeah. So they found a way to win all the ugly games. And that goes in ebbs and flows. You look at last year, I think they lost eight games, six points or under. Yeah. And they ended up finishing 15th. So you look at it that way, but you can't question the talent in that side. No. If they get it right on their day, with that forward pack, you've got Tokiaho, Jarabri Hargraves, Dylan Napa, friends at nine, Pierce, 
Kiri, the outside backs. The one thing is, like I said, I think that's the big thing. Their problem is when they get on a roll of errors and penalties, it is a roll, just like they do when they get on a good roll where they score points. Yeah. The problem is, at the moment, it's not 50-50 good and bad. It's 70-30. Yeah. So they get need to get that closer to 80-20 to be able to compete with anybody. But on their day, they could win the comp. Simple. Plain and simple. Daniel Friend, boys, I have a feeling on the Cowboys this week. Is there any upset you can see coming? Yeah. An upset, I think. If there was going the to Cowboys be... could beat Cronulla. I'm not sure it's it's going to happen. I can't no. see the Eels beating the Storm. I can't see Brisbane beating the Roosters. I can't see Penrith beating Manly. But I can see the Cowboys upsetting the Sharks. The biggest upset of all is obvious. I don't Parramatta, yeah. I don't think Roosters Brisbane's as big an upset. I know the Brisbane's missing a few players, but the Roosters haven't been that crash up. The Roosters should win. Sharks, if they were to lose, wouldn't surprise me because their form's been patchy as well. But honestly, you'd think they'd beat the Cowboys. But the big one lying out there, if there was going to be an upset, would be if somehow the Eels beat the Storm. Mm. And I think if Penrith beat Manly, I'd be surprised the way they played last week. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see an upset really, to be honest. Uh, what do we got here? Matty Valentine, whatever happened to the old year in review releases the Winfield Cup used to bring out after each season? I think the NRL should look into doing documentary series like ESPN has the 30 for 30 series or the MotoGP has their series of documentaries faster, which were narrated by big names, Ewan McGregor and Brad Pitt. Imagine that the NRL did that three years ago. They would have captured the South Sydney fairy tale, the Cowboys miracle and the Sharks main premiership. They could get Russell Crowe to narrate, spend some money and you could capture the essence of what our game is. Imagine the NRL movie at IMAX. Cheers, boys. Have a good show. I like it. I've got no problem with it. More content, the better. Give me yep. something to watch. Yep. And Agreed. I especially... I think the, the, league, the league channel's been a little bit thin this year. 100%. And they just replay all the shows all the yeah. time. But more insight and stuff like this in the 30 for 30s. We both love the 30 for 30s. Yep. I love the 30 for 30s. I love the NFL greatest games as well where they have the sideline stuff. But we're not even close to what they do as far as miking up plays and we're giving that kind of access. So, yeah, can't see it. Uh, Zach Maitland, if you had to pick a Dalian winner excluding all Melbourne players, who would you pick? Well, I think if you're going to go off the performances of Pierce. this year, it's probably be Pierce or Cherry Evans Cherry are the Evans, two yeah. that would compete. I think Widdock would have picked a lot of points up because he would have been the best player for their side a lot. Um, do I agree with any of those guys actually winning the medal? Definitely not. Um, but this is the thing about the Dalian, which I don't like. The points only go to usually the team that wins and the players from the wing side. I think Andrew McCulloch, before he got injured, he was outstanding. Was very, very good. He gets no credit, but. Uh, if you actually took all the Melbourne players out, I think Cherry Evans will probably come close to running second and Widop and Pierce around the mark. I'm just trying to think. Who else in the top four? Corey Norman had an outstanding start to the yeah. year but fell away he once Mitch Moses got there. out badly. Um, yeah. hmm. It's more that, that argument of consistency, isn't it? Because they haven't been consistent, so they no. and again, fallen away. Like I said, there's some guys that are ridiculously consistent all year, but if you're in a losing side, they don't get points. Correct. You could argue for a gallon. If they had a 20-win season like Melbourne and didn't play rep football and played the way like he did on the weekend, yeah. he would have got lots of twos and threes and would be a serious contender. But they've had an up-and-down year. They have made the finals, yes. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of hurts you when you don't win games. Definitely. Vaughan early in the year chalked up a ridiculous amount of points early on for a front row, as did DeBellin. They both did. But mm-hmm. look at how the Dragons finished up the back end of the year. Yeah. They only won six of their last 17 games or whatever it was. So you only get votes when you win games. <clears throat> If, even if you do get votes in a losing side, you're only going to get the one pointer, unfortunately. Uh, Duncan Bridgeford, how do you think Jared Hayne will be remembered once he retires? The guy had all the talent to be one of the greatest players of our game has ever seen, uh, but his attitude has let him down. I wonder how good he could have been 
with a mindset and preparation of someone like a Cooper Cronk. Well, I don't think we can take away the fact that he's won two Dalian medals and that he individually won us, uh, individually won us, I think, New South Wales a series. And he's had some absolutely outstanding moments. As far as his whole career, I'm never going to deny the talent that was, that he could have been one of the greatest players of all time, no doubt, if he consistently played every single year, year in, year out. I do give a little bit of solace early on in the time that Parramatta were just dreadful and the fact that he was the one burdened a lot of the time to kind of carry that side through that dark period. Yeah, I'm not backing up some of the attitude or performances at times that were pretty poor, but um, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. In the back end of his career, though, it's all been him mm-hmm. these last couple of years. He's on and off, but I'm not going to be able to deny that talent. But with with Cooper Cronk's mindset, training in the meticulous art of that, with Jared Haynes' talent, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You would, you would have had one of the greatest of all time on your hands. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Corey Snuggles Low, what is the one key reason why all eight teams can win the comp? Well, I wouldn't say that all eight teams can win the comp, to be honest. I think there's two that can win it. If you had to give Roosters a reason for every single one, the Cowboys, well, I'm, I can't find one. I don't think they've got enough players left over or the talent to knock off anyone uh, and win those three games or four games they need to get there. Penrith. To me, Cowboys Brisbane are hamstrung by players not there. Penrith are probably hamstrung again by early. players not there in key positions, no. off field stuff going on. I don't even think that. I don't think they've got Manly the... don't have a lot of injuries, do they? Yeah, but Manly, I guess when you're outside at... their top four to start with. Cronulla, I don't know whether their form's been that good, but they they might have been waiting for the finals. I don't think anyone Parramatta goes. matter a year too early. I think oh, I think Penrith are a year too early. Everyone, no, I agree with that. Penrith, Penrith are the favourites for the competition. I'm not saying Penrith can win. No. I'm just saying to you, but Parramatta can't win it in my opinion. I think they're a year no. too early. I, I think those two, I think Cronulla, I said the other way, they don't look hungry enough. I think their middles look a Brisbane year older. Brisbane have got injuries as well. Brisbane, if they got that, Punai Jr. and Darius Boyd, probably have a chance, but I still stick by everyone that says McCulloch hasn't been a loss. You're kidding yourself. McCulloch holds that middle together. I don't think they've good, got a good enough middle. To me, it's basically between the Roosters and Melbourne, I think, a series for the title. If I had made an argument outside of that, it would be Brisbane, but their middle worries me. And the Sharks would be the other one but with the experience. But again, I think back-to-back, they're a year on. There's been some contract stuff. Bird hasn't been as good. I think Graham's had a quieter back end of the year. Maloney's had a quieter year. A lot of those guys have got their contract or won their premiership ring. It's very hard to get up for a second year in a row. Yeah. Um, but realistically, it's what everyone's been saying. Oh, it's Melbourne's to lose, in my opinion. It's as simple as that. Agree. Agree. Uh, Ian Stanmore discussing the basket case that is the New Zealand Warriors. Is there actually a coach in existence that could go there and fix the club? I think even Bellamy would struggle with that one. Nothing worse than a former player coming out and, say, uh, and saying being at a club drove him to drink until he got out of there. And part two of this is Kearney stupid enough to play RTS in the halves next year because they don't look like they can sign a decent half at the moment. Well, RTS definitely won't be playing the halves. I'll be going with young Arthur Hingano, who's only 19 years old, or Mason Lena. By the looks of things at this point in time, Hingano, I think, can be a good footballer, but he obviously needs a forward pack to go forward, as all halves do. And that's the big worry for them next year. I don't think they've got the forward to get the job done. Tohu Harris would be an outstanding signing if you had some front rows to lay a platform for him. But uh, you've got Arfoa, Lasone, Vete, possibly Lilliaman for another year. Like I don't think there's enough there in the middle to help out. And Adam Blair coming over is not going to fix that problem either. Yeah. As far as a coach, you can fix it. I think Bellamy could if they gave him the time to build it from the ground up. And I think he'd be one of the only ones that can attract some decent Australian players to go over there and find that right balance. Yeah. Um, and Ivan Cleary's done it. He's proved he can do it. But he had the junior path in place, like we said, John Acklin, etc. So, yeah, 
Tough ask. AJ Reeves, is it time for us as footy fans to accept that while pay packets have increased, so has the pressure on players, and when a player needs a break, uh, e.g. Boyd, Idris, now Moylan, we should lay off him. You guys would know that it does take a toll throwing your head at the ground for a living, then having to go meet the public, surely. No, oh, well, we're not. I'm not a superstar like him. <laughs> Neither am I. Um, but we do. See, I guess we do see it a little bit with MG, don't we? Like having to sort of be out in the public oh, eye and constantly. Yeah, it is tough, um, or it can be tough. I, you know, you certainly don't begrudge it because it's it's that's the reason why you know those guys are paid so well and they have all that notoriety. You can't have one without the other. But yeah, yeah in times like this, if it is that sort of issue, and I'm not I'm not sure whether it is. I think it's. Purely a football issue. So do I. I think Penrith have conveniently painted it as though it may be a medical issue or a, an emotional issue just to try and have the, the media stay away. I don't know. I don't know what the media really is going to get out of handing him anyway. It's pretty clear what's going on here. It's either form or he does have an issue. Either way, I don't begrudge Matt Moylan. No. Um, he needs to sort out both issues. And I don't, I don't look at him any differently. And no. Yeah, I, but, I agree. The media should give him space. But that we live in a TMZ age that yeah. you look at American sport, that one little thing and it just blows up. They talk about it for days. Camera We're phones. getting pretty similar, yeah. So, I mean, that's the reason why they paid yeah. a lot of money. But and I don't, do I think it's right? No, I don't, AJ. No. I don't think it's right. But no. really, you've got to accept reality and that's reality, unfortunately. Well, I'm going to go a different route here and lay off him. We're, we're not attacking the person. No, we're not. We're talking about the football. I'm talking about his football building or his stuff on the field. All the stuff that they're chasing or what's wrong with him or is it the coaches that are fighting. I couldn't care less about any of that. I'm just talking about purely and we have the whole time him on the field. That's why we base uh, our opinions <coughs> off. I think he's a good first grader. I don't think he's a rep player. I've never understood the Lockheed comparisons. And honestly, if I'm Penrith with Edwards, Time there, Cleary's the star now. I wouldn't want him at the club. It's got nothing to do with the off-field stuff. It's purely on football and ability, salary cap management and what players are available right now. And if there's going to be a pivotal shift in that franchise, I think the man to take them forward is Cleary. It's not Moylan and it's not Cartwright. But they both have five-year contracts. Yeah. So I don't know how they get out of both of them. Moylan's would be a lot easier to offload than Cartwright's though, that's for sure. Moylan they can find a home for easily. Cartwright, I don't think so. Uh, all right here then. Uh, Josh Davies, are the Panthers better off without Moylan now that Edwards and May look to be quality first graders? Would that money be better spent chasing a gun hooker for the future? Well, I think we've already answered that one. But Hooker, I don't know why you need to look any further. They've signed Egan. Katoa would be on a small amount of money. I'd just keep Rain. Simple. There's not many out there. The only other Hooker kind on the market right now is Leisha. Yeah. Leisha, Rain, similar money, I'd be assuming. Rain probably get off a little bit more than Leisha, but yeah. I think you just keep one of those two. Uh, Nath Taylor, can Eels cause an upset versus Melbourne? No. Can they? Yes. But the chances of it happening are very, 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 very slim. Cameron Smith breaking the all-time record. Home game at Melbourne. Again, possibly the second last game of Cooper Cronk down there. Home crowd. Week spent there. And they know they're going to be in opportunity to play a prelim final. Be one off a grand final. And I think Arthur poked the bear. So, yeah, please. Good luck. I think Melbourne win hands down. Daniel J. Rennie, can Broncos go all the way? No. I'd say I no. I can make it. I think they can possibly get there. I, I just think the middles is my big issue. And obviously, Nick yeah, but even the Nicarima situation. Nicarima, Hunt, Benji Marshall now having Boyd at the back. Like, I, I don't think they've figured out the half situation yet. I really don't. No, and it's the other finals. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a bit too late, I think. 
And last one here. Well, McCulloch out, now Boyd's out. That's two of your spine. Yeah, Jordan Palmer with a few clubs looking for new coaches. Is it time for the Walker brothers to have a crack at first grade coaching? Well, they can apply for a million jobs. It's just waiting for the person to uh, give them an opportunity. And we've said it before, we think the Titans might be one of the clubs that could possibly give them that opportunity uh, to coach some first grade. Yeah. All righty then, I think. Far out, that was heavy. Oh, mate, it's always heavy. But we have lots of fans that love asking us questions and uh, we enjoy answering them. But by the looks of it, that's it, mate. So, Did we get Twitter? You got Twitter? Yep, I got okay. Twitter. Far out. I thought that was only Facebook. Okay. No, that wasn't too bad. No, that wasn't too I bad. I thought we were only halfway through, but Before we move on to Mr. Gossip, do you want to preview these four games yeah, let's do for it. this week? So obviously we kick things off Friday night uh, this week. And the team we have there is the Roosters versus the Broncos up here at Allianz Stadium. Uh, I think quite clearly we're probably both going for the Roosters. We just yeah, mentioned it before. Not going for them, tipping them. Yeah, that's what I mean. But yep. McCulloch is out. Everyone gave a couple of raps to Hunt. I honestly think they had a couple of soft games where Hunt was looking quite outstanding with the fact they're running over teams like the Flat Sharks. Uh, they ran over the Titans, etc. But McCulloch holds that middle together. I think their middles do a good job, but against some of these bigger sides, they're going to struggle. The half situation now that Boyd's out as well hurts them. Benji coming in to fill in on the weekend. He does a job, but defensively, I think you can find him out. Nick has been cold for a couple of weeks. Better game of the weekend. Um, Milford's shoulders a ticking time bomb, and now Boyd's out. So you look at the spine issues, like we said, and the middles in general. The Roosters have the better side on paper, but that doesn't win you the game. I think the Broncos will probably be more consistent, even though the Roosters have won more close games. But looking at this one, I'd be going the Roosters. Yeah. Napa back in, Guerra back in. I'd expect Robinson to expect much more from them. Pierce, Keary, but in particular the middles. Jarabu Hargraves, I think, has had a good year. Uh, Napa being back, I'm expecting them to probably win the middle battle of things, and I think their halves, Keary and Pierce, are a bit better. And They're settled in the spine, like we said. They don't have those injuries like Brisbane do. For Brisbane, it'd be awesome if they could win because that means Pungai Jr. and Boyd get a week off straight to the prelim, and they possibly get both of them back. Mm-hmm. But I think it's as simple as that. A couple of injuries uh, in those spine positions in the middles... Unless the Roosters just torch themselves with errors and penalties like we know they can, uh, I see them winning this game. Can't argue. Two All players right. out of their spine. Boyd out. They've got to travel down. Conditions will be a little bit slippery, different to Suncorp. Yeah. yeah. Just the small little things are pointing towards a Rooster. So if it's a 50-50 game, you know, no major injuries, no major referee blunders, etc. I think the Roosters will get the lion's share and they should win. Yep. Now, moving on to the second one. First game Saturday, it is the Storm versus the Eels. Uh, honestly, from what we saw last week, we don't have lineups yet, but we'll do them later on with Mr. Goss when we do our tips. But I don't think French is going to be back. I uh, honestly think errors, penalties, and the kind of discipline and focus and for 80 minutes isn't there for them. And I think they're going up for a side, uh, going up against a side that man for man is just better all across the park. Agree. I think that Moses. Uh, why he's been really, really good at the back end will be a target for Harris, Munster, and a lot of traffic. And I don't trust the ill-discipline of players uh, like a Kenny Edwards and some slower forwards in Manor, Alvaro, to not be exposed by Cameron Smith. I'll put it down. I'll play it as simply as this. I don't think... I think where you can get Melbourne is around their A defenders, around their markers, with halves that are fast, can play deep into the line with runners inside and out, on the back <coughs> of our fast play the balls. I don't think Parramatta have the middles to generate quick play the balls against Melbourne. Uh, Tim Manor, Daniel Alvaro, um, and the like, I don't see it. Nathan Brown, I see it. Um, Sui Matangi, I can see it. Not for I also enough, don't know whether... Corey Norman, for one, isn't running the ball enough for me. No. Two, Mitchell Moses, to me, likes to play towards the corner post 
and he'll get tackled, but he'll get tackled by a back rower, half centre winger. He'll get tackled on the edge. He doesn't often come back around in that Corey Norman style and attack those ace. However, if Brad Arthur can get his two halves playing through the middle of the field, nice and tight, probably on the B defender with numbers around them, and they can generate quick play the balls for the duration of this game, get even share of possession and get some calls, that's the only way I can see them winning. But I don't think Parramatta have got the middles, and that has been that was the reason why I left Parramatta out of my eight. I, I have no idea, and this is going to sound harsh, but I've no idea how a team with Manor and Alvaro starting in the front row made the eight. That tells me a lot about the standard of this competition because for bookends like that to be in the top four is a big surprise to me. And that's no knock on those two. It's not a personal attack. No. I just don't see them. They're not that dynamic, um, dent the line front rowers. Yeah. They're very solid like workers. Offloads, tackle, yeah. break, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff sort of that stuff that's now we do. We, we understand that that is uh, really important in terms of trying to win games in the NRL. And yeah. they've managed to do it without them, which is yeah. exceptional. But I think that that's where teams are going to have to try and pull Melbourne apart. Well, I think a big thing for them, and I've said it a million times before, they're a reflection of their coach. They're a tough side. I think they've overachieved as a forward pack and they've yep. got that group mentality and they really like Brad Arthur. But I think he's the main reason, having a good pair of halves and their outside backs chipping quite handily. But um, yeah, I, I can't see the Eels winning this one. But the second game, obviously Eagles-Penrith replay of last week. And if we're going to comment it in that sense... I honestly see it going similar to last week, and that's particularly without lineups right now. If Wunga Blake's playing at centre, they're going to go at him all night again. Yep. I think the yeah, halves. Well, well, yeah. And Penner, if we've said this a million times before, and it just frustrates the shit out of me. They send Cleary up, one out on his own. No bodies around him, no support, one to one, he gets cracked. And at the end of the game, when he had numbers around him, it was May, of all people again, who ran a hard line for him, got through a hole, created a bit of doubt with some numbers around him at the line, bang, hits the hole, goes and scores a try. Penrith just don't do a lot of things. I didn't think they won the middle the other night. I don't know why they changed the Brown Campbell Gillard tactic. Why it had been working, yeah. and why I don't. Uh, I wouldn't have Brown in there full stop, but still, why that tactic was working? Why change it? Uh, Wonga Blake defensive on that edge, terrible, and a lot of the middles uh, and the interchange thing. It pissed me off too. Most other teams, Fanukin, Debell, and all these kind of guys will play a full game at thirteen. Anthony Griffin rolls out both his front rollers and the lock in Merrin. That's three subs straight away yeah. after 15, 20 minutes. If you do that twice in a game right there, there's six subs six gone. gone. You're not really, uh, you know, giving much room for any injuries or something to go wrong. Um, yeah, Black Green's kicking game. Cherry Evans been able to float on the back of that. Trebojevic tap out. They all did a job for Tommy at the back, who absolutely carved to pieces. And Coruscant ran wild as well. So it's going to take a massive attitude adjustment. I hope Penrith do turn up because I want to see a good game of footy. But I'll stick with Manly and Cowboys Cronulla. Two sides, I think the Cowboys have overachieved considering the back end of the year and the amount of talent they've been missing. They play a tough brand of football. We all know what's going to happen here. All the little worker bees, your Boltons and all these kind of guys are going to have to chip in as they do. their outside backs in yardage and try and lay a platform for Granville to get guys like Tal Malolo on the front foot. He's the centrepiece of everything. And if they get any time or space, Morgan's the only one who can strike. But the Sharks, if they're serious, they get Wade Graham back, Jack Bird back. They've been patchy up and down. It's finals time. This is what they did last year. I'd expect them to win this game. I expect them to make it ugly, but I, again, I don't see a whole lot of hope for the Cowboys. Yeah. So that basically previews all those games. But now we'll wrap things up and we'll head into Mr. Gossip. We'll get any dirt that he has for this week and obviously do our tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill.
Henry, welcome back. Everybody's favourite, Mr. Gossip, mate. It is finally, finally finals time. It has, hasn't the season dragged on a little bit, boys? Look, we all love our rugby league, but this season, for some reason, seems to have dragged on. I'm happy it's finals time, and I'm excited. Well, I think we can all say that we've said it a million times this year that the quality, uh, obviously, <laughs> at the top end has been very, very different to the bottom end, and there's only a couple of teams that we've really taken serious. So that, mm. uh, that and the origin period definitely made things drag out a bit. Yeah, anyone would think the Cello Cup's not fair. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get me started. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But uh, what have you got for us, champ? Finals time, I don't know if there's a whole lot cooking, but a few team seasons ended the other day, so is there anything floating around? Look, there is, and look, let's get straight onto it, boys. We'll talk about Matt Moylan. Um, it's a shame we couldn't do the podcast yesterday. We had a few things cooking yesterday morning, but it's all sort of leaked now, and it looks like we're just copying for everybody else. But look, Matt Moylan, uh, we all know Gus came out and said he's safe as houses. He'll be at the club next year. That's complete bullshit. Moylan is absolutely gone. I can't see him staying around at all. Um, there's been some whispers from a certain player manager who I won't name because he's got a lot more money than I do. But, look, there's already negotiations about a player swap between um, Maloney and Moylan. There's also a couple of other things up Moylan's sleeve as well. But safe to say he will not be at the Bulldog, at the Panthers. Um, and I, for one, don't really give two hoots. Um, I think I've said this podcast plenty of times. I'm not a huge Matt Moylan fan. And, and look, guys, I run NRL Gossip. We have over 130,000 followers on social media, so I get a lot of crap, a lot of emails, a lot of messages, and a lot of them have been about Matt Moylan this year. I can't publish it. Once again, I don't have a lot of money to be sued, but the guy's got problems and needs to sort himself out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we covered it before. We uh, obviously don't have the same sort of, uh, you know, pull as what you do in terms of likes and people that come to you, but... Living around the Penrith area um, and being pretty tightly involved at a decent level of footy, we hear a lot as well. So, I think Penrith are foolish to think that they're gonna—they've kept it all under wraps and they're just going to be able to palm it off and smother it like Gus did yesterday. Um, it was good, good work by Gus. I mean, he's, he's controlled his end of the end of the bargain. But look, a lot of people know what the truth is, and I'm with you, mate. I'd be very surprised if he's there next year. Yeah, well, even on the other side of that, though, is the. The plain, the plain and simple of all, which I've touched on a million times, which is the big thing for me. He's, uh, he's a first grader, sure. He's, he's not a, overpaid. He's, he's not a rep player. I don't think he should have played for Australia. I don't think he should have played Origin. And everyone that's coming out going, oh, he should play six. He's not a six. He's a fullback, and he's a club fullback. And at the end of the day, I think if you're just looking at the pure football facts of things, Edwards is a better one. May's a better six. They're worth less than his whole contract. And for some reason, they made him and Cartwright the face of the team, paid both of them, gave them five-year deals. And, um, yeah, all personal stuff aside or off-field or whatever, just purely on football, I'd be happy. Well, if it's not personal. No, I don't know the bloke. That's what I'm getting right. at. From anyone that's put out there, like people getting into him or saying about the off-field stuff, I'm not leaving to look at that. Purely on football, Yeah, I don't think he's worth the money he is, and I wouldn't want him at Penrith if I'm a Penrith fan. I yeah. want May and I want Edwards moving forward. And clear he's the centrepiece of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's that's the future for Penrith right there. But you know, it's it is what it is, and um, good luck to whatever club does pick Matt Moylan up. And uh, look, like you said, Gus did the right thing. He was automatically on the front foot. Although I think his hand was drawn a little bit because the media got a hold of it. Um, I don't think we would have heard anything unless that didn't happen, which was a little bit disappointing. Well, but, Brian um, Brian Fletcher made public comment. I 
Yeah. I would have thought that he, he would have got a bit of a slap over the wrist yesterday just in terms of, you know, he's a, he said, I think publicly, he said he's a 50-50 chance to be here next year. That's where all this yes. discussion started. So you've got to get your own house in order. I mean, leaks come from within and it could have been, well, I'm not saying it could have been avoided, but a lot of this hoo-ha and attention could have been avoided without that public comment. Yeah, it's, it's a bit concerning, the lack of communication out of that place. Mm. All right, boys, look, still on coaches, and I think we've been touching on this the past couple of weeks. Des has a look, it's as good as gone. I know a couple of uh, media outlets put up today that Jimmy Dimmick's got the job. I'm hearing Dean pay, but look, Desi Hasler is gone. Good move, yeah. Probably should have gone. Yeah. Probably should have gone earlier in the year. To be fair, shouldn't um, have stitched themselves up with this contract and the payout, even though you know they're not short of cash. That just never made sense to me. Full stop. Mm. I yeah. I, I think they manage the mid-year or early season speculation, new contract. They copped all that up, and now they're going to pay the price to ha- you know. Who know? I don't know what the price is, but it's it's not going to be as big as probably what it should have been or what it would be for most other NRL coaches, but he's still going to get a payout, uh, and it's probably something that should have been done, well, earlier in the year, really. Just cut it when the speculation was there. It's pretty clear that if the performances didn't improve that he was going to be on borrowed time, and looking at their roster and the way that he was playing and the tactics that they were employing, it was never going to work. That so, was the main thing. Nothing has changed no. over the couple of years. And even since the grand final, again in 2014 where they got there. Yeah, but 15, even with the pressure. So you get the pressure and your job's in jeopardy. Yeah. And he still didn't change. 15, 16, coming into 17, zero has changed. We've seen Leisha kill it the last three games once he's been allowed to run. Don't buy a hooker and play him a way that doesn't even fit your style, which again, just speaks to what we're saying. He needs to have a complete refresh and rethink about the way he coaches and goes about his football. Yeah, um, look, I, I, I think Des Hasler's a, a good coach. Like he's, I think he's better than well, fifty percent of yeah, the coaches floating around. I just think he needs a change. He needs to be revamped. He and needs he'll, a he'll come back. He yeah. needs a twelve month spell in my eyes yeah. just to have a rethink about the way he approaches football. Yeah, plain and simple. Could he be the New South Wales coach? I'd rather oh. him than. Look, I, and I love Freddie and Joey, but I'd rather probably—I well, don't know. Coach, I don't know either. With the structure and the way he goes, I, about I don't. Business. I don't. Yeah, I don't want. I don't see Freddie as a, as the answer because I think he's similar to Daly. You I know, think he's I, got a more he's, idea than Daly. But I get that, time, but it's still—he's not full time. He's not a professional coach. I, I don't like that angle on it. I want a professional coach. If it's Des Hazler, look, I'd suck it and see. Uh, if that's the only available. Uh, full-time coach or professional coach that's there, I'd cop it. Mm. Yeah, Mm. fair enough, boys. All right, still on the coaches. Michael Maguire, also gone, we're hearing. Um, Anthony Seabold, he's um, offside, it looks like he's going to get the gig. I think he's worked under Bellamy before, former Raiders player. I think he had some involvement in uh, the, the Queensland Origin team as well. Guys, do you know much about Seabold? Yeah, well, Brock's got a better idea because it is high-performance uh, coaching gig with yep. him, but Melbourne under-20s for a couple of years. He's obviously been at Manly uh, for the first season and now next to Maguire, so he's done a, a couple of apprenticeships there and he's been the assistant for the Queensland team the last two years. So, Kevin Walters linked to Melbourne, Maguire linked to Melbourne, and he's been at Melbourne. He's... And he was at the Cutters. He was in the North Queensland system. I'm pretty sure he played at the Broncos he as played, well. I don't think he played NRL at all. I think he's no, been think involved he with clubs. But no, I, he played NRL. I know he plays in Super League and I know he's no, I captain... he played in camera, but I could be wrong. I think he captain coached Queensland Cup. I don't think he ever played I'm in I'm pretty NRL sure he played at the Broncos. But, so let's uh, Google it. I know he did play overseas. <laughs> 
I'm pretty certain he played uh, yeah, some Super League. Broncos, I'm sure. And he played uh, Captain Coach. Here we go. Broncos? No games. But he was at the Broncos, yeah? Yeah. But okay. London Bron- Canberra, there you go. 14 games at Canberra. He played in France. Hey. He's played some Super gone. League. And I'm pretty sure it said post-playing career. Uh, he went back up there and played. How old is he? 42. Yeah. Good age. Yeah. But he ah. did some uh, time up there for the Ipswich Jets. And he went to the UK, etc. So... He's played some decent level football. He was at all KR. All, all, all Kingston Rovers. <laughs> and he played for Germany. There you go. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Germany, he, he played yeah. for this German. In 2006, <laughs> he played one game for Germany. Yeah. <laughs> he scored three tries. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, who'd they play? He got a hat-trick, yeah. Right. Oh. Don't wanna, don't wanna be... we're, getting, we're getting a little bit sidetracked here. I don't want to touch a sense. But uh, look, I... Um, yeah, he, it'd be a good move. Good move. I, we spoke about it earlier. I did my level three high-performance NRL coaching course with him, and he was a standout in that course by a mile. So, uh, and there's some of those guys that have gone on to do, you know, sort of like myself, 20s gigs and and the like, but Seabold's the one that's taken off, and it doesn't surprise me because he was he was the best candidate within that course by a mile. So, and I've kept a close eye on him ever since. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he... You could do a lot worse than Anthony Seabold. Yep. All right, boys, last one for the night. Again, another coach. We'll go to your neck of the woods here, Brock. The Titans. Top. Um, look, yeah, <laughs> the rumour is that Garth Brennan is hot on the list. He did go to Gold Coast last week, I believe, and had a few talks. And there's been a few rumblings in the media as well that it could be one to bring Matt Moylan with him as well. <laughs> they're, quite, they're quite tight. But um, Garth Brennan, Brocky Poo, what do you think? No comment. Oh, he's already he's already seen her. He's just turned beetroot red. I've just laughed as soon as you mentioned the name. But uh, yeah, no thanks from well, for me. Uh, all, all I know, I know. Well, when I played twenties and he had Newcastle, give me the Walker brothers. No, but when I when I played twenties, we roomed with Newcastle. We did that day, you know, the development day, yeah. the two days, and there was a few guys there that were part of his side at the time before he came to Penrith. And obviously, everyone gave him the credit for winning that comp. No offense, and any Nola could have coached that side that won. Uh, the under twenties comp they had James Roberts, Dallin, Cartwright, all those guys that yeah. were playing New He's South Wales. A few cup. Comps, but you got to give him his dues. I'm He's... giving him some dues, but there was just a few guys there that thought, yeah, they weren't really big fans of him. I don't know about the cup setup and what's happened since. Obviously, he has to be. Some... I've never, I've never worked with. I've worked with him, but not in a coaching capacity, more in a coordinating capacity. When I was with the twenties, because. Some of the boys that were in ISP with him were dropping back out at Ron Massey and I was sort of coordinating them going out there and working with Windsor. But that's a long story. So I have, I have worked with him, organised dude, um, straight shooter. So, uh, But just, just for me, I, I, don't, I don't want a rookie coach at the Gold no. Coast. And if you're going to take um, a rookie coach... And also someone who's not a Queenslander. Uh, I, look, you know, I, it sounds like a Novocastrian, but for me I, the Walker brothers are the fit for me I, I think they need to look outside the box here the Gold Coast I don't think you can go and get someone who's not a big name I think they need a big name or they need something a little bit outlandish yeah, something that's going to make their fans go okay I'm going to go and have a look at this I think if Garth Brennan goes there he's just another coach and as good of a coach as he is I'm not sure that that's what the coast needs the coast needs bums on seats um, and the other, the other thing is is, is Jared Hayne going to respect a rookie coach I think the answer to that, we all know the answer to that, and that's no. And it's just going to cause more problems, more fractures. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't like it. I either think we've got to go for the top of the top, and that's a Bellamy or a, a Bennett. We're not going to get a Bennett, but someone in that echelon, that elite echelon, or you've just got to think, you've got to look left field for me. 
Louis, what do you think? Perhaps the Walker Brothers, you think? I, I'd love to see the Walker Brothers do it. I, either either Bellamy, um, and I, I don't even know who else is. I, I'd love Anthony Seabold. I know that probably just contradicts what I've said in yeah, a, a rookie coach. But I don't I, think he would want to take that as his first job. I think he's no. smart enough to know at South he's got a lot more already. We've already spoke about that. But I'm with the Walker Brothers. You need bums about, on seats. What about Maguire? I'd take Maguire. Yeah, well, he's yeah probably... I'd take Maguire because, because he's disciplinarian. Yeah, but he meets that bill. He's won a comp won overseas. A comp. He's won a comp here. Yeah. I think at South, it's just been six or seven years now. He's very structured, very rigorous. He's very over the top. I think his voice is just well, even, out I don't know. Players. I'm not sure about Paul Green. No. Whether he'd want to move down, no. Leave Paul Green up there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. I'm only throwing ideas out there. I don't think there's anyone really in Sydney. Look, look for me. This is the like it's the obvious Ivan Cleary scenario, isn't it? You know, if we knew this was going to happen and. Shit didn't hit the fan at the Tigers. It would have been perfect. But I don't want Des Hasler. I don't want Des Hasler jumping from the Bulldogs straight up to the Gold Coast. I think Louis's right in what he said about he needs a little bit of needs time a off. So, but Maguire, I think Maguire would be wasted in the Super League. And I don't think his tactics are conducive to the Super League. I think the Super League sort of moved away from, I guess, the Australianisation of their game over there. Their game's got, got back to that free-flowing aspect, out-of-the-ruck sort of style. And... So give me Maguire. I'd take Maguire or the Walker brothers. Yep. But, yeah, these rookie coaches, no thanks. Fair enough. That's, it all. That's all I've got, boys. All right, boom. Coaches. Well, we move on to the tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Finals time now. They're going to have uh, some offers and specials, I guess, over the next couple of weeks. But remember, don't put, uh, bet in the past with the Tab and all these other guys, the dinosaurs. You can bet live on your phone with WilliamHill.com. And the price pump, nothing better than getting some extra bang for your buck when you're betting on a... Nothing better than a good pump. Yeah, getting on the ponies. Woo! Uh, the tips. Last week, Boxhead, we went a few left field to get some points and it backfired. You got six. That's okay. Goss, we got perfect rounds. It's the first time I've got more than six for the whole year. And there's only nine games remaining, and I'm how many off the pace? Eight. Yeah. So, look... I- yeah. I will now concede. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, Boxhead on 117. I'm on 121 and Goss 125. You're a chance, Louis. I You're don't know. A sneaky little chance here. Yeah, but I'm going to actually tip properly, so I'm probably not going to get a you'll chance. You'll get a little here, bit nervous here, Gossip. The, the first game, <laughs> the first game that we have is obviously the Broncos and the Roosters on <clears> Friday night. Uh, with this one, I think Napa and Guerra. Will be back in the teams, which uh, we find here they are. And obviously, we've got Zane Tedovano. They've still got him named there, but I think he's going to have to just take the early guilty plea, you'd imagine. Um, and on the Brisbane, you'd imagine. You'd imagine. Sent off. Yeah, well, he's going to have to take the early guilty plea. Boyd, Tavita Pangai Jr., they are both out of the side. Nick Arima moves to fullback. Benji Marshall to halfback. Mead and Arrow join the bench. Uh, all things being equal, I'm going to go with the Roosters purely Roosters. on the injury side of things. Yeah, you've lost your one and your nine. And you're sh- still shuffling players, so yeah, Roosters for me. Yeah, look, I, if someone had told me earlier in the year that the Broncos have been the semis and they'd play a game without McCulloch and Boyd, I would say there's no chance. Yeah. I still think that. I don't think there are any chance at all, to be honest. Roosters yeah. starting in a tiny bit of form, and um, I think they'll win. Yeah, well, William Hill agrees. $1.60 for the Roosters, two thirty-five. The Broncos, minus 4.5 is the line. 1-12 to 12 Roosters, two eighty-five, three fifty. Broncos, 13-plus Roosters, three twenty-five. That's, that's good odds and for the Roosters. $7. $1.60 uh, juicy. Yeah, about the Bronx. But the second game, it is the Melbourne Storm down there. Uh, the early game on the Saturday, they play the Parramatta Eels. Melbourne 
uh, completely unchanged as far as the 1-17. to 17. Oh, sorry. Dale Finucane obviously returns. Bromwich back to the bench and Glasby is back. Nate Miles leaves the squad, but basically their full strength. On the other side, Parramatta, they have the same side that played last week as well. Mm. Um, it's, is no. Bevan French in that squad? Did he get named in that squad? No, Will Smith, and there's no Bevan French, well, so he's okay. not going to be playing. Yeah. Storm 13+, plus. thank you. Storm at home, Cameron Smith breaking the record, chance to go straight into the prelim. Yeah, it's the easiest $2 yeah, you'll ever get. Yeah, I know we've got a lot of Parramatta listeners, but I tell you what, geez, they come out of the woodwork, don't they? They're everywhere at the moment. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I'd like the Storm to win and win good just to put them back in their box. Yeah, well, we saw this in uh, 09, and I know a few of them because I work with them that pop out and then they go quiet while things are going bad. But the odds of WilliamHill.com, twenty-two for the Storm, 435 for the Eels, minus 12 is the line, 1 to 12 Melbourne, 285, 550 for the Eels, 13 plus Storm, $2, Cha-ching. $13 for the Eels. Manly and the Panthers, elimination final after last week being embarrassed. Uh, Farah has been named at fullback again. Wanga Blake left in the centres again to embarrass himself one more time. <laughs> Um, Drum Yeah, obviously Drum Dylan Edwards Luai. named in the squad. Good. Yeah, well, he was last week too. So okay, it's. Uh, yeah. I think he'll play Dylan Edwards. And what's he done here? He's got Campbell Gillard starting again and Brown back on the bench. So I don't know why he's gone away from tactics that actually worked the first few weeks. And I don't know how mm. Farai solving the edge problems for the last twenty minutes has justified Wonga Blake being put back there. So. Edwards in, Farai to the centres, Blake out. That's my hot tip. Well, I hope you're right, but Wonga Blake seems to be like Teflon. Nothing sticks. So. Mm. We'll see what happens there, but... Just uh, like he doesn't stick to tackles. Yeah, all the ball. But Manly, they are unchanged, uh, honestly. After the news this week, it could go one of two ways. They could completely fold or they could fire up. But either way, I'm going to be sticking with Manly because on on their day, and especially with the halves, the nine, uh, the Trebojevic brothers, I've got more faith in Manly than I do with Penrith. Manly could have won by 50 last week. So I can't see Penrith turning that around this week. Selections, players that shouldn't be there, like we just touched on with with Wonga Blake. I know we're not a fan of him on the podcast, but honestly, I mean, we all watched it. How can he be selected there again in an in in elimination final? It's just beyond belief. Gee, I tell you what, we missed Dylan Edwards, and if if your money, if, if if you're on the money and he's back, that that excites me a little bit. They could see old fellow a little bit tingly, but Ooh, I, still think, I, I, I still think Manly will do it. Yeah. yeah, well, if he's in and Farah plugs at that edge, they might have a chance. But their forward pack the yeah. other night, again, bar probably Regan Campbell-Gillard, was quite an apps. So. And a week's a long time in footy. So. 100%. Hopefully they come. We'll I, hope, I hope they come absolutely steaming and have a red-hot crap. Same. Yeah, I want to see weekend a game. was rubbish, and yeah. I want to watch a decent elimination final. But uh, the odds, yeah. William Hill, they've kept it pretty similar to last week. It's $1.60 about Manly. 235 for the Panthers. Minus 4.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Eagles, 290. 350 for the Panthers. 13 plus Eagles, 325. 650. For the Panthers, and the last one we have here, it's the elimination final between the Sharks and the Cowboys at Allianz. Will we see another dramatised extra tackle? Beep. Oh, what about that game? But uh, in this side of things, they've got Jack Bird, Wade Graham, both returning to the side. So Jesse Raymond and uh, Kurt Catewell, they drop back to the reserves. I actually like Kurt Catewell a lot. I'd, yeah. I'd at least keep him on the bench, to be honest. But, um, on the flip side of things for the Cowboys, they are unchanged. Uh I honestly think the Sharks have been pretty ordinary. They've just put along and done what they've needed to do. But the Cowboys... Tip the Cowboys um, in. You know, they've punched above their weight all year. But I can't see it happening. If the Sharks are serious, no. they'll win this game. So I will be tipping yeah, the Sharks. Yeah, I'll tip Sharks. Yeah, Sharks. So does Polly. Polly tips the Sharks too. Yeah, Polly. Oh. Listen to a go, Jesus. You bloody dog, seriously. Someone hasn't fed her. 
Someone called the bloody RSPCA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, guys, gotta go to Sharks as well. That's, yeah. Cowboys have done well, I think, to get there, although they did slide in on a technicality because the dragons are useless. But, yeah. You got there uh, on the fact that the technicality that you fend the legend named Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. Uh, hey, how, how was that, the dragons, last week, honestly? Wow. Wait, oh, we took right. the dogs for a reason. I could see it coming and yeah. it happened. Yeah. Unbelievable. And even more better, Michael Leeshard has proven my point that he can play football and end in someone's season. Yeah. Wow. But uh, William Hill, this game, they heavily agree with that. The Sharks are $1.35. The Cows, three twenty minus eight is the line. One to twelve Sharks, four eighty-five and four twenty-five for the Cowboys. Thirteen plus for the Sharkies is two forty, and it is nine dollars fifty for Cronulla. Uh, we're basically a clean sweep on the tips here, but looking at some other markets with WilliamHill.com, the Premiership market. It's not one that's very impressive. The Storm now at dollar night. That's got to be the they've pushed out five cents. That's got to be the, the shortest market for a premier I've seen since I've been alive. But a dollar ninety for the Melbourne Storm. I think the only other real serious contenders are probably the Roosters and Brisbane. Uh, the Roosters you get five dollars with William Hill, eight dollars for Brisbane Para and the Sharks. Two outsiders, I guess, if you like them. Eleven dollars, thirteen dollars, twenty three for Manly, thirty one for the Panthers, and fifty one bucks. If you want to bet on uh, North Queensland, there Manly twenty three to one is not bad odds for Manly. Like I'd, I'm not saying they can win it, but I reckon Manly are a good a chance of winning it as Parramatta or Cronulla. Well, what side of the draw would Manly land on? Do they have to play Melbourne on the way, or can they avoid Melbourne? That's the question. I don't know, mate. If, I don't if know they could avoid, it. maybe Melbourne. that's why they are twenty three to one because they've got to play Melbourne. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. That's just some odds there for the Premiership <laughs> side of things. So a big thank you again goes to William Hill. Dot com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. The charity account, we've got a couple of wins. Bang. Brockie's going back weeks, to back. So hopefully we can keep banking more for our charity, the Great Walk Foundation. But tips, nothing's going to change there. Gossip, we've uh, all gone clean sweep. So you're going to have a nice four-point buffer. I might just have to tick complete opposites. You're going to have to. Yeah. Either that or oh, yeah. grand final day when we do the uh, triple header lot we usually do. Yeah. There might have to be a bit of justice come out there. But unfortunately, I think those comps are going to be pretty clear-cut now as well. Mm. Yeah, I think so as well. I guess if there's anyone this this weekend that can cause an upset, it's probably the Broncos. But I think it's pretty clear cut, really. Yeah, I agree with you there, champion. But hopefully, we get some competitive games, and the finals are finally here. Let's see who's going to be the 2017 premier. Will the Storm reign supreme, or will we find an outsider? Alrighty, that cleans us up, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Alright, fantastic. Thanks, lads. Go the Panthers. See you, buddy. See you, champion. Boxhead, yep. just while I've got you here. We've had a few last-minute questions. Are you happy to quickly chip in on these, man? Let's go. What have I got here? We've got the lower-grade setup we've already done. Yep. The Mad King said, where do the Warriors go from here? I'm pretty sure we already got that one. We had Foti. Come on, mate. They're all covered. Facebook, Mitch Madley. Boys, uh, what's doing? What are you done, brother? I think the order's gone a bit haywire on me here. Oh, I know it is. Greg Milburn, I'm an Eels fan. I remember the 2001 se- uh, season where we were long odds to win the GF, but our, got our pants pulled down by the Knights. Are the Storm vulnerable on any day, or is it all over? They're vulnerable. They're vulnerable on, on any day where it's a knockout game, where someone can go and throw a haymaker at them. Yep, 100%. I think. Um, but I, do I expect them to win the comp? Yeah, comfortably. But it only takes one haymaker in that preliminary final or a grand final, and you're out. Yep. Um, like I said, yeah. finals is a different time. Someone can upset them on their day if they turn up the right style. Joe Anderson Cable, been some controversy over the crush tackle this week in England. What's your thoughts on how it should be punished? It seems 
It can happen unintentionally. In this case, has sin been sufficient as a question? And uh, he obviously says, and this is poor tackle technique and a hangover from the wrestle at the ruck. Great oh. pod boys up the rhinos. You're the rhinos. You got a rhino. Fan. I love the rhinos. There you um, go. Crusher tackle. Yeah. Well, crusher. If it's a second movement, it's deliberate. If it's just a part of, and a lot of the players now are going into contact with the ball and then are turning around um, to try and get a quick play of the ball yeah. um, and backing into the defence, and that's where it happens. So if in that case, a lot of the time it's not deliberate. But for me, it's it's always deliberate if there's a second movement. Like if you're in a position and then you move to put pressure on the neck, then it's a second movement. But if it's just incidental and a part of the movement of the tackle... Yeah, well, we see those a lot, don't we? It. Players back in yeah, the line and It's funny like that he's that. talking about a simbin because over here, mate, they don't even simbin for it. They, no, they, they, they might not might put it on report. Other than that, a lot of them get let go. We're so. lucky to simbin for our tackles, mate. We are. Christ, well, we don't so. simbin for anything. Uh, Apart from professional fouls. And the last, Mitch Madley's brought up again, similar to what a few others said about why didn't they do a double header at Sydney to pack out the stadium on Saturday. Mm. It is a fair point. Uh, obviously, they what about Mike? Didn't Mike, Lawson. Double out. Mike Lawson says, what do you think Cooper Cronk's going to do in 2018? Oh. Honestly, he still hasn't said anything. I think he's going to retire. I think he's going to play again. I still you think do. the same thing, yeah. Well, Brett Finch said something about South. And like I said before, I don't know where he fits at South. Mm. They've got... I just got a gut feeling he's going to play. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I for you win, I don't see him doing it. I think he's done. Maybe that's I, what I wish he would have kept playing, but yeah, I don't know. And we've got one last one here. It's literally just popped up on Twitter. Calvin Hewitt, one of the Warriors always overpay for overrated players uh, that well. Get a big back pocket with no heart and retire here. Well, if he's referring to Adam Blair possibly getting 600K or whatever they're going to be talking about, it's not done deal yet, but uh, it does seem that they overpay for some players to go over there. Um, Gerard sure, Beal, I think, is a solid player, but he's not fixing any of their problems. Tohu Harris, I think, was a good buyer, but you need a forward pack to lay a platform to be able to give him good football on the edge. And I think he's going to figure out quickly, like a lot of guys that leave Melbourne, that he's in a pretty good spot where he was at the Storm. And, uh, yeah, he's not going to get the same service. But that wraps us up. There's a couple of last-second questions. Is there any of those uh, games you like for our charity bit, mate? Yeah, I like Storm 13-plus into the Roosters. So Storm 13-plus into the Roosters, you reckon? Yep. I don't mind that. I think I had a... $1.60 into $2.00. It's not bad odds, yeah. something like that. So there you go. I think we've got a clean sweep on the tips, everybody out there. Hopefully we get some decent games over the weekend. A big thank you to Rich and Residential and obviously our number one partner on the show, which is WilliamHill.com. Thanks for all the help with the charity account. If you want to look at our charity for this year, it is the Great Walk Foundation. They do great things for the local community in Penrith, the Blue Mountains and the Hawkesbury region. Everybody, take two seconds. Please rate, review the show on iTunes. If you missed out on question time, feel free to inbox us with any feedback or questions whenever you feel like it. We'll do our best to answer anything you want to ask. But for now, finals are upon us. Hopefully you enjoy your week and definitely enjoy your rugby league. Who is going to be the 2017 premiers in the NRL? Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.